0: and
1: Contributing to the death of the MSM, we are Tech Tools. Broadcasting from my bunker in the Blue Ridge Mountains, I am Dean Ledwig, and as always, my co-host. Hey, this is Scott Dunlop,
2: reporting from a abandoned missile Silo in Lukabak, Texas. How are you folks are doing today? Wow. So to start off the show, we need to identify ourselves. It's very important to do so.
1: Come on, wheel. Give me something good. Give me something good. <laughs> I am a
2: gender-fluid brony. And I am a confused mogwai. Now, do you know what a brony is? Yes, I do. Oh, really? If you don't know what a brony is, go out and Google it on YouTube. You'll be entertained for you, hours.
1: You will. I've actually known a brony. It was a really weird scenario. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lady I knew, uh, her Not son. Not a joke, folks. Not no, a joke. No, no. Her son was a brony. He was uh, 19 yeah. and a brony. And I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> so uh, look up brony if uh, you get the chance. And yeah, as, as Scott said, you will be entertained.
2: Entertained for hours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello, IT. Have you tried turning it off and on again? All right. Well, let's kick it off with Microsoft. uh they're always fun. Well, haven't heard anything out of them in a while? No. Really? Windows 11. <laughs> Microsoft Azure Cloud. Yeah, they had a vulnerability which is uh as they put it, worse than you can imagine. Thousands of companies use the Azure, uh, which is Microsoft's cloud platform. Cloud.
0: Yeah. Cloud safe
1: cloud. and cheap. Oh, yeah, that's it. Hold on. Well, I'm going to stop
0: ahead. right there. All right, I'm stop.
2: For those who don't know and just heard the word cloud, here's the thing. It's somebody else's computer. Always has been. You're paying instead of buying your house, you're renting an apartment. That's cloud. If you want to know what cloud is, that's cloud. You're just paying somebody else to do things that you could do for yourself. And it may be cheaper for you to get in, but to keep going, it gets more and more expensive. So ultimately, You would save more money by doing it yourself.
1: Well, um, and you said, you know, the house and apartment scenario. It's more like, you know, instead of your house and where you can add on a room for, say, $500, you pay $300 a month to a storage facility. Well, so in my environment right now,
2: um, since I've built this, built the uh, enough overhead... If I need to spin up a server, I can have a server spin up in five minutes. And you can do that on cloud also, but it doesn't cost me anything extra to do so.
1: Well, you know what? Um, Don't pay
2: Microsoft. Well, what they don't realize either is not only you're paying for storage and you're paying for licensing and you're paying for bandwidth. Mm -hmm. That's before you actually turn anything on because then you have processing power
1: and processing time. Right, well, you know, and that's all horrible. I was gonna say fine and dandy, but no, that's all horrible. Uh, But even worse is that uh, thousands of companies using Azure have been warned that their data has been exposed, ready for this, for years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. um, There's a flaw in Microsoft Azure's uh, Cosmos database. They had to come up with their own new database system, which, you know, it's not like there's not a multitude out there to already use, you know, Oracle, MySQL, if nothing else. But um, it left more than 3,300 Azure customers open to complete unrestricted access by its attackers. The vulnerability was introduced, ready for this? In 2019. Ooh. Yeah, when Microsoft added data visualization feature called Jupiter, which they spelled funny because they got to do that. They changed the I into a Y.
2: That's because they couldn't copyright it if it were
1: spelled like the planet. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. Microsoft is just weird sometimes. But um, they added that feature, and it was turned on by default to all customers in February 2021. Oh I love I love there's no opt-in. No, it just gets turned on and exposed all your data to anybody who can uh get through the vulnerability, which apparently there are people that have done it because that's the only reason they would come out with a press release. Otherwise, they'd have just hidden it and not told us anything about it. Sweet. I remember 10 years ago, I
2: was talking to some people and I was telling them telling them about how all your information is harvested by social media companies. It was really early on. And, and they were like, if you're not doing anything wrong, what are you worried about? And I said to them, why don't you just put a camera in your bathroom and then and then broadcast it to the world? You're not doing anything wrong. What are you worried about?
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> it's the same thing. You expect that if you're paying a company for security, security and infrastructure as a service, yep. they're going to provide that for you and not majorly mess
1: up. Right. Well, this left companies like Coca Cola, Liberty Mutual, ExxonMobil, Walgreens. That left these people exposed, these companies exposed. Uh, Walgreens, that's some pretty significant data that they could get might be a hipaa violation there there's going to be a lot of violations but do you think microsoft will be charged in it absolutely not just like the
2: target hack which in 2013, Target was hacked and all of people's information, this is why I don't shop at Target or Target, how does they
1: call oh it? Oh, God. Because- There's a lot of reasons I don't shop there.
2: They did not have any consequences at all. Got brushed under the rug. Why? Money. That's why. Absolutely. They paid to get out of it. Absolutely. And they had people that were actually, um, I, I listened to an interview about a gentleman who was on the advisory panel- for the hack and investigating the hack. And then one day it just went away. No consequences, nothing. So all the people's information was breached. Now you're trusting that that company that you're doing business with is going to have your best interests at mind. They don't. They don't. No. So this comes down to the way IT has gotten here lately is there's no seasoned professionals anymore. They hire the lowest common denominator. The guys that are fresh out of school have no experience. Yep. And stuff gets missed. It gets missed. That's all it is. Yeah, you can hire a guy cheaper. He's not going to do the same job for you. No, of
1: course not. You see, most of the the seasoned professionals don't want to sit there and write that kind of code. You know, it's it's really mind-numbingly tedious. I got to say, you know, so you're gonna have to pay the good, the people who are really good at this. You're gonna pay them well, Um, but they can get guys right out of school, pay them thirty-five grand a year, and you know they'll sit there and punch out code all day long. Code monkeys. Yeah, it's not gonna be great code, but they're gonna punch it out all day long and see what Microsoft does. I found this out. I used to a guy used to work with had worked for Microsoft previously. Microsoft has a really good retention program. You get, uh, you don't get annual bonuses, you get semi-annual bonuses. And the, and the bonus is stock in Microsoft that vests in six months. So just as your stock gets vested, you just get another bunch of stock and you gotta wait six months for it to become vested.
2: But don't they have uh I forgot what the term was, but they take the lowest performing and they fire them. Yes. And then hire on other people. So that's cheaper.
1: Gotta, that's gotta build morale, right? Well, yeah. And and also loyalty. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought you couldn't do anything by meritocracy anymore.
2: Hmm. Well. Not outwardly to the public, but internally. I mean, Amazon, hmm, Mm. you know, uh, Bezos, being a big Democrat, won't allow uh, unions. Tries to crush them all the time. So, sounds like a Democrat name only. Mm, Yeah. Well, I have a story. All right. And it's security-based. Nice. This came from Gizmodo. You should probably stop using ExpressVPN. Well, I wasn't anyway, so... It doesn't really matter. Uh, Popular privacy products integrity has been called into question after it was revealed that an employee had worked for a cyber mercenary in, get this... A cyber mercenary? Yeah, it worked as a cyber mercenary for the UAE.
1: Oh! More Saudis. There are a lot of... uh, podcasters, YouTubers, et cetera, who advertise ExpressVPN. I know. All of this has been called
2: into question following the revelation that ExpressVPN's chief information officer, Daniel Gerke, previously worked as a hacker for hire for Dark Matter, a cybersecurity firm that was based in the United Arab Emirates. Between 2016 and 2019, Gurkey helped hack the systems and devices all over the world as part of Project Raven, a secretive operation designed to help the UAE monarchy track and surveil critics of its regime. Sounds familiar. Uh Including activists, journalists, Khashoggi, and some individuals based in the
1: U.S. Gerke. I wonder how many of those people have exploits on their iPhone that we talked about last week.
2: Could be. Kirkie and two other former U.S. intelligence operatives recently faced federal charges for their involvement in the Raven but managed to reach deferred prosecution agreements with the government. They probably gave them some information. Oh, yeah. Allowing them to pay fines and avoid jail time while also agreeing to certain terms, like that they would hack for us. (laughs) 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 Probably. But, yeah, so um, now let's talk about VPNs. Everybody, Everybody thinks VPNs are safe, and they do make it harder to track but they don't make it impossible to track because you got to come out somewhere and so let's just say i had a vpn that was going through let's say new york city and i log on to something with my real username and password and they track it back and see that originated from that new york location Uh well they can go back and get those logs through a subpoena, if they're keeping logs, which most of them do, by law, they have to, they're keeping those logs, which traces back to your IP address, which traces back to your home. Basically, VPNs are good for watching Netflix in different countries. That's basically it. Or if you've got a script kitty or a noob that's trying to trying to backwards hack you off of off a game or something like that, or, uh, some amateur that, or they can't request your original IP address, mm-hmm. uh, you're safe from them, but governmental agencies, you're not safe. No, you're not. So if you're trying no, to do anything over VPN, that, that breaks any, any laws or perceived breaking any laws. Mm-hmm. They're going to get that information.
1: Yeah. Cause when you connect to the VPN host in New York city, the government or whatever inspecting agency um, is looking they know that that's a vpn ip address Mm -hmm. that the ip address belongs to well let's use this one expressvpn so they just get a subpoena serve it to expressvpn expressvpn says okay i see who you're talking about this is their original ip and where they connected from yeah it's it's relatively simple
2: So, so those folks out there thinking that they can go do some crazy stuff with VPN, uh, you can't. (laughs) So, (laughs) just uh, stop trying to do it. Now, Tor, different story. Yeah. Although, I've always had my suspicions about Tor because they
1: were developed by DARPA. Of course it was. So. Oh, there's there's backdoor hacks in that protocol. There's got to be.
2: Oh, yeah. I would think so. Well, anyway. (laughs) The point is, don't trust any of your VPN providers because if, if the government comes knocking at their door, they're gonna give you up. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, what do you got next?
1: <clears throat> well, you know, I talked about Microsoft and their hack and their vulnerabilities, and they've known about it since 2019 and are just now talking about it, but, you know, it didn't really affect anything. Mm-hmm. Well, Google and Microsoft have now promised billions to help bolster US cybersecurity. Nah. Uh yeah, Apple and Amazon are also offering offering some uh, security trainings and devices and and different things uh, you know, Apple, Google, Microsoft they promised to help bolster US cybersecurity after they met with President Sleepy Joe Biden at the White House. Did he know what they were doing there? No, no, no. He showed him, you know, an iPad and let him go play a game. They just sat and talked.
2: You know, Corn Pop's a pretty bad dude. I bet he's hacking.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I took care of him, though. Uh, The pledges vary by company, Um, but it's everything from spending billions on cyber infrastructure Uh, to offering supply chain and education on cybersecurity. You know, I'm not sure I want to be educated by them. I'm not sure they have the people who could educate me on cybersecurity or pretty much anything else.
2: Yeah, I think I can handle
1: that one on my own. Yeah, I think so. Uh, You know, this comes on the heels of major cyber attacks against the U.S. government agencies and energy infrastructure like the Colonial Pipeline um like uh we reported a few weeks ago the state department was hacked right after they said that uh their cybersecurity had been bolstered mm-hmm. um but uh apple announced that it would work with its suppliers to drive mass adapt adoption of multi-factor authentication and we've talked about that before if if you have something that you're logging into or into and they offer two-factor authentication take it
2: yeah take your security into your own hands don't trust that a company's going to do it for you because they they can't they can't if it's in your hands then you at least have a little control over it don't sign all this over over to other co- companies
1: no don't trust somebody else with the security of your information Google said it's going to spend more than $10 billion over the next five years to strengthen U.S. cybersecurity and the software supply chain. Google also promised to train more than 100,000 Americans in data analytics and IT support through the company's Career Certificate Program. Microsoft said it would invest more than $20 billion in five years, making similar promises as Google. Wait a minute. Google is going to offer to train 100,000 Americans in data analytics and IT support through their uh, career certificate program. So they're going to reap the benefits of that anyway.
2: Yeah, yeah. And they're probably going to indoctrinate them too on fact-checking. I mean, censorship. I mean, fact-checking.
1: By the, what is it, the International Fact-Check... Uh network. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like it's, it's an actual organization. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Uh, they have they have a title and an acronym.
2: They have an LLC, probably. Yeah. Well, you know, look. Tip out there for you folks. Use brave and duck duck go. Stay away from Google. Absolutely. If you They're do really a Google on. search, guess what? You're getting some curated to whatever they think's best results. Fuse duck duck to go. Yeah, you're going to have to dig a little deeper, but at least you're going to get some real results that aren't blacklisted. And I did say blacklisted.
1: Yes. And, and which is just...
2: which is a which now they're they're trying to shun in IT. They're trying to shun whitelisting and blacklisting, just like they did uh we used to call uh servers Master, slaves and masters, and now you can't do that anymore. You got to call it primary, or secondary. So, even the woke culture has gotten, gotten into it where, where it shouldn't be.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the whitelisting only applies to uh Facebook and it's uh, oh, what's it called? Their uh cross check or X check, which is certain celebrities um, are whitelisted. Or influential people are whitelisted to say pretty much anything they want, and they will not be blocked banned or shadow banned. that sounds like celebrity privilege. I think that's what? racist it is yeah it's uh it's it's yeah, you said whitelisting and it just reminded me of I just read that. Um were, you, semi, were you triggered? Yeah. <laughs> the the oversight board, which is a semi independent body. Semi like semi-independent. How is it semi independent? Is that like is it is that like mostly peaceful protests? Well, it reviews Facebook's moderation policies. Mm. So yeah, semi, I don't know, semi something.
2: Yeah. The policy is semi-legitimate. We're going to do whatever we want. That's their policy. Pretty much. All right, what do you got next? All right, well, speaking of Apple, because we always have to have one Apple story. Absolutely. Lightning port isn't about convenience. It's about control. Go figure. <laughs> the European Commission shook the iPhone world to its roots this week, announcing mm. new policy that would require smart... Smi- uh, Smartphones to adopt USB-C port for physical charging in effort to reduce e-waste is one of these things. Yeah, Apple of course doesn't offer USB-C phone. Having argued to the European Commission in the past that legal ed- legislation would have a direct negative impact. By disrupting the hundreds of millions of active devices and accessories used by the European customers and even more Apple customers worldwide, creating a unprecedented volume of electronic waste by greatly inconveniencing users.
1: <laughs> yeah, buying a new charging cable is going to inconvenience me when they already switched the MacBook, uh, the MacBooks, and the iPods. Or uh, the iPads, um, and there was no backlash on those.
2: Yeah. Well, and and look, man, I'm looking around here. I've got, I've got several USB C devices here. I've got a mouse that's USB C right now. Mm-hmm. I've got a mouse pad that's USB C. I've got a Rode Podcaster that's USB C. I don't know where they would find a USB C cable anywhere.
1: No, I, I haven't seen any of those around.
2: You know what I don't have? Any lightning connectors. I don't either. Huh.
1: huh. But if it's, if the iPhone has to be USB-C, then other manufacturers would be able to plug straight into an iPhone without the lightning connector. Where it is now, they have to pay a royalty to Apple and be approved by Apple to use the lightning connector.
2: That's Right. Well, switching to USB-C, a standard that's used by virtually every other manufactured tech product, including many of Apple's own, like its recent MacBook and iPad lineups, would make sense. Of course it would. The iPhone is possibly the most popular device in the world that uses proprietary charger And switch to USB-C would simplify charging setups for millions of iPhone owners around the world. And USB-C would still allow similar waterproofing, data transfer, and charging speeds compared to Lightning, evidenced by a number of Android phones or Apple's iPads. There's a reason the European Union Commission is looking to institute the new charge, new change after all uh sounds like it makes sense to me it just sounds like uh typical apple stuff
1: well i mean this talk has been going on for years i remember what 10 15 years ago when you you had to keep a adapter kit with you with 10 different uh, charging types uh the ends just so you could plug things in yeah
2: i i used to like the ones that had the uh Four ways on it. Yeah, (laughs) I had that. Just nice and easy. You knew you had the right one. You never knew what you were gonna gonna do. I I went camping recently, and we had a heavily invested iPhone, iPad, iPad Pro user, and (laughs) the difference between the iPad Mini, the iPhone, I am sorry, and the iPad Pro, which had a new connector. USB C of course it did. And see, I did not know that. I did not know that at the time. And I had USB C's laying all, all around. And mm-hmm. and this person was was like, I can't charge my iPad Pro because I, it has a brand new Apple connector. And so right then my mind shut off. And I was like, I, I Apple don't care. If I would have known it was USB C, I'd been like, hey man, I got a hundred of these laying yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> but what does not what does nobody have? The lightning connector. lightning connector. Nobody yeah. ever has one. Of those I don't have ones. one in my
1: house. I don't have one in my car. I do not own a lightning connector, and I have no intention of ever buying one because I'll never have a device that needs it.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, <clears throat> hey, Jobs is dead, so yes. uh, they've been inching more towards uh doom and destruction. I mean, oh, yeah. almost like the Scully years. So it's it's getting there. Their their last two flubs with with MacBook Pros and, and Mac Pros, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. It's, it's, I don't know. It's the, the end is near. The only thing that they have a hold on is phones and they just might as well just stick with phones.
1: I mean, that's really the only thing that really makes money for them. And with uh, the stuff we've talked about on this show over the last two or three weeks, especially like that open letter from the employees, Mm -hmm. you know, requiring all kinds of pay equity and and different uh different entitlements is what they really are for things that you know they don't have the merit for definitely not meritocracy. Um yeah they're they're just digging their own hole and they're just digging it deeper and deeper and it's gonna come crashing down really soon unless they make some significant changes.
2: Although I will say I wish I'd bought stock during the Skelly era. Yeah. Wow. Could have bought that for like a buck a share.
1: I, I thought it was going under. <laughs> I did too. So I think a lot of people
2: did. Well, that's it for Apple. What do you got next? I got a pissing best. match. nah, no, not here, dude. Oh, damn. Not in the podcast. Not studio in the yet.
1: podcast studio? Not in the podcast. Not down in the bunker? No. Nope. Not, not, not uh, down in the missile silo? Man,
2: the wife is going to kill me if you pee in here again.
1: Yeah, but she'll kill you. Oh, wow. I'm good with that. Okay. Now there is a pissing match between, ready for this? Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Get out of here. Actually, just Jeff Bezos pissing about Elon Musk. Wait, Elon Musk doesn't care. Yeah, I know. But uh, Jeff Bezos does because he's kind of a pissy guy. I said, pissy. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I said. Anyway. Uh, Amazon is fighting SpaceX's Starlink plans because, ready for this,
2: Elon hey, Musk hold, compa- hold on, hold on, hold right, on, I think ahead. I have the answer. Uh-oh. I have the answer. All right. Because, because uh, Jeff's rockets look like dicks and Elon's don't.
1: Thus the pissy. I mean, uh, <laughs> thus, yeah. Um... <laughs> It's actually pretty close. Um, he's fighting the SpaceX plans on uh, Starlink because Elon Musk's companies don't care about the rules. Mm. That's actually what he said. That's a direct quote in the whiny voice and all. Wow. Yeah, Amazon slammed Elon Musk's SpaceX as a serial rule breaker on Wednesday amid an enduring fight over the two companies' plans to build rivaling satellite networks. The conflict waged with lengthy filings to the FCC is nothing new. But this time, Amazon sent FCC officials' laundry list of Musk's past troubles with other regulators mounting its most aggressive attempt yet to push back on SpaceX's speedy timeline for deploying its broadband satellites. Now, as I read this, and as we talk about this, keep in mind, um, what is it? The, uh, Starlink has put up 1,700 satellites. So far, it's coming out of beta. It's been used by over 100,000 customers. And I think uh, I think Scott even ordered it. Yes, I have. All right, um, and uh, so it's used, it's proven, coming out of beta, getting ready for general release, and Amazon is planning a similar satellite network called Kuiper with more than three thousand satellites, but. It hasn't revealed any production plans and hasn't launched any satellites. Okay, let's, so let's let's so, let's talk about one thing before, okay. before
2: All right, we go, go ahead. further. Let's talk about one thing. Go ahead. So Bezos started the whole rocket thing. Has been in the rocket business longer than Elon, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and Elon has just crushed him. Uh-huh. His rockets look like dicks. His rockets look like uh, yeah. If you it's, folks, I'm telling you, go out there and look at Bezos's rockets. You yeah, man. <laughs> it's, they look like they
1: should be sold at Adam and Eve.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, which just goes to prove his personality. But he's been in the he's been in the business a long time, and Musk has just crushed him, uh, just through better decisions. That's all it is. Just better decisions. Yeah.
1: Elon uh, Jeff Bezos is he's a whiny little brat. He You're thinks he deserves fair. Yeah. I'm gonna take my ball go home. I'm the oh.
2: richest man in the world. I deserved it.
1: Uh yep. You created a satellite network that works. People like it. And I don't like it because I want to do it now. Well And you I'll can't th- buy Elon Musk.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Elon because he just doesn't give a crap. He doesn't care. Oh. He doesn't care about all this stuff. He doesn't he doesn't care. All he cares about is what he's doing. He doesn't care if he's popular, he doesn't care if he's liked. He just goes out and does his deal, and that I can admire.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I am all for it. You know, before Bezos became such a insufferable prick. Oh, I'm sorry. Before he became so rich, <laughs> um, you know I used to think I used to say he was the American dream you know it was the guy selling used books out of his parents garage you know and then built that into this
2: well I and, and I, I totally agree with you on that like, he is the American dream but, but once he reached damn. the top once he reached the top he became bougie and once he became yeah. bougie and got his little feelings hurt because then he became whiny he's not He's not the best at what what he's trying to do, right. Go back to selling books, yeah, go back to selling books and and you know, what you're good at. If you're not good at this, go do something else. but don't don't whine at regulators because you're not you're not crushing it.
1: No, I mean, I agree. it's uh, he wants to control everything. He actually does want to monopolize everything. Amazon is coming close to it now by one. Unfair trade practices by doing essentially what China does all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, he takes makes knockoffs of items that people sell on Amazon. Yep, creates an Amazon brand for it and sells them cheaper at a loss a lot of times. Yep, and now they're opening, they're starting to open department stores where they're going to sell Amazon brand clothing. Yep. which is all knockoffs of other people. Mm-hmm. Um. Supposedly, he Well, hold to, on. Go go ahead, they're talking ahead, about ahead.
2: opening it, they're talking about reclaiming these old malls now yeah. that that have closed down so so that he can put Amazon stores and shipping areas into there and the front half's going to be an Amazon store. Yeah. And you're going to use your palm print to check out.
1: Okay, I had heard QR codes on your phone but something well, Yeah. they were
2: testing that palm print thing. Okay. Um at some of the what's Whole Foods yeah, okay. They were tr- testing the palm print thing using biometrics to where you don't do anything, but they have all your, I guess they're going to use near field communication. And when you walk out of the store, that's going to calculate everything and automatically bill you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't see a problem with that
1: at all. <laughs> no. Well, what I like is in the, apparently in these Amazon clothing stores, they're going to have smart dressing rooms. Mm-hmm. And in these dressing rooms, you're going to have uh, a tablet or some type of touch screen where you can tell a clerk to bring you the same, you know some clothes in different sizes, whatever. You know, you try something on, it doesn't fit. Okay, bring me the same thing in one size up, one size down, whatever. And they're going to do this. Well, how many of those uh, items are going to have a camera? Mm. How many... How much of that is going to be hackable? All of it. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's,
2: if it's connected it's to the crazy. internet, if it's connected to the, internet, and if it's
1: Amazon, it will be.
2: Or if it's connected to a network that's connected to the internet, it doesn't even have to be directly connected. It can be hacked.
1: I had something else on Amazon and I can't seem to find it. Well, when you, so f- you while, go while you're
2: finding it, yeah, let's talk about Elon. Let's do. So, you know, I'm an Elon fanboy. Yes. Love him. You are a fanboy. Got a bro crush on him.
1: Yeah, I know.
2: So, bad news in the Elon camp, though. Uh Uh-oh. Elon Musk and Grimes are now semi-separated. What? Yep. Elon and Claire Grimes' voucher are semi-separated, according to SpaceX founder. Musk told Page Six that... The two would continue to co-parent their one-year-old son, baby X. That's the short version <laughs> <laughs> but would be working in different parts of the country had led him to them to taking more separate paths. We are semi-separated, but will still love each other and see each other frequently. and they are on great terms. It is mostly my work at SpaceX and Tesla that requires me to be primarily in Texas. Or traveling overseas, and her work is primarily in LA. She's staying with me now, and Baby X is in the
1: adjacent room. So well, this opens the door for you and your bromance. Yeah,
2: no, <laughs> I got a wife. I'm good. I don't swing <laughs> that way. But anyway, yeah. uh, I'll hang out with him anytime. Anytime. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but you know the thing is, the poor guy works so much that there is no chance of this dude finding anybody who's going to put up with that for very long.
1: There are a lot that would put up with it for the amount of money that uh, would be involved.
2: Yeah, well, I guess that's true. Maybe maybe you should shoot a little lower than pop stars and, and news anchors and stuff yeah. like that. But, <clears throat> hey, I, I think it's a, you know, I, I hate that for him because he's got a child with her. But I think it's good for us because that gives him more time to focus on Rockets.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want to focus on rockets? Yeah. As long as they don't look like dicks. Yeah. Boy, I keep bringing that up. Yeah. It's
2: family-friendly show, bud. It is. It is.
1: <laughs> but we talked about Jeff Bezos, so, you know. Yeah. He's not family-friendly.
2: So, anyway, um, I hate that form, but I'm kind of excited to see what's going to come out of this uh, with technology-wise. And, you know, he's still, he's still got a bunch of stuff going on. With uh, the Boring Company and his Neuralink, which I don't know if I'm excited
1: or scared about Neuralink. A little bit of both. Yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, the technology and the science is like awesome. Mm -hmm. The capabilities and the outcome is scary
2: hacking your brain is not a thing that i think i want somebody to do to me but the you know taking some veterans that have lost use of their limbs and being able to rewire their brains where they're able to use those limbs again
1: very exciting yes absolutely very exciting i don't i just keep thinking skynet
2: yeah i don't know if i want to ingest the internet directly Oh, uh, yeah, no. Without some barriers like the eyes and fingers, you know, I'm yes. not sure that I would want that input of information. Now, under education, I could see that being very useful if I wanted to learn something very quick. Oh, you yeah. know, like the Matrix, where you jack in. Oh, yeah. I, I know Kung Fu. Ah. But uh, I, I'm not so sure about being fully connected to the internet at all times. So that's it for Elon. Sorry, bud, hate that for you. I don't know if you're going to be able to find a mate that that's going to be able to uh, put up with your work schedule, but maybe you shouldn't. I
1: think he'll do fine. Yeah. Well, uh, California passed a new law. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah, because they don't do that very often. Yeah, that never happens. Uh, but it targets it targets Amazon's labor algorithms. Yes. What labor? Algorithms, there is such a thing, yeah. Gavin Newsom, who's still in charge out there, signed a bill Wednesday that would block Amazon and other companies from punishing warehouse workers who fail to meet certain performance metrics. Uh, because they're gonna take, be governor for long because they take rest, rest or meal breaks. Uh, California Senate approved it, yeah, which blows my mind. I mean, this is like so anti labor union, hmm. Um, so actually, no, no, I'm sorry, I was thinking about it backwards, it is straight up labor union. Yes. Okay. Well, the law allows warehouse workers to challenge performance goals that many say discourage them from taking bathroom breaks or other meal breaks throughout the workday. The bill was written in response to high rates of reported injuries at Amazon warehouses where performance quotas are algorithmically enforced. Oh, Basil, this is such a great guy. Yeah, let a computer determine what your output should be Yeah, based on what everybody else does, based on what you've done before, based on some pie in the sky number, based on whatever. These These warehouse workers are peeing in bottles. So they, so they don't have to leave the production line.
2: These are efficiency expert consultants at work, man. They're, these these are the people who really suck the humanity out of life.
1: Should, just, should, I, I don't know what to say, freaking Bezos. There's uh, a
2: special place reserved for, for the uh, efficiency experts. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, That is definitely one of the circles of hell from Dante.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, this one's from VentureBeat. Ooh. Yeah.
1: That's not one I've ever read.
2: We are sleepwalking into AI augmented work. How? Where
1: can this what? go wrong? Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> Recent New York Times article concludes that new AI-powered automation tools such as Codex software developers will not eliminate jobs but simply be welcome to aid augmented program programmer productivity. Computers writing computer code. Or computer code writing computer code. Yeah, Doesn't that violate one of the three
0: laws? (laughs)
1: It it, it has to. I I I read an article not long ago where computers were writing computer code but made more syntax errors than any human. That's funny. This is
2: consistent with the argument that we're increasingly hearing that people and AI have different strengths... And there will be appropriate roles for each. I can see the human getting knocked out of this one, as the discussion in a Harvard Business Review story: AI-based machines are fast, more accurate, consistently rational, rational, (laughs) cold, Mm. maybe, (laughs) but they are intuitive, emotional, or culture. Uh, I'm sorry but they aren't intuitive, emotional, or culturally sensitive. Remember back to the Facebook story about primates is AI plus humans is something of a centaur greater than either one operating alone. This is bad news. What's gonna happen is, is a computer
1: will write the code, then a human will have to read it to figure out if it's correct if it needs changed, if it, you know, whatever. And I will tell you the only thing worse than writing code is reading somebody else's code. It think, is, I don't think horrible. there's anything
2: worse than writing code. I tried it and I said, well I actually want to meet a girl at some point in my life, so I, I gave up on writing code
1: but the, the it was the easiest way for me to go freelance and not have to worry about Big brother as much
2: yeah, well, if you say so um <laughs> but but the the problem the biggest problem that I have with this story is is what they're not saying. they've alluded to it, but they're not saying it. The computer code does not have a moral responsibility to be good to the human. No. And so it's going to write it, whatever program it is that is most effective. And so if a computer says, well, if 10% of the population dies, so 90% can live, let's do that. Skynet. Human's not going to do that. Human's going to take into consideration everything. So a cold machine writing code and... Here's where I get. Here's where I'm coming to with this, you know. A lot of medical devices they run computer code just like anything else. And yep. if, it, if it sees that the human is more of a liability, if they're eaters, mm-hmm. uh, non-productive eaters, like our what they consider our elderly population, yep. then it's better off that we uh, put them to death than keep them on. This is what happens when you start letting machines make decisions for you. It's called algorithms, folks. (laughs) Algorithms. And that's when these, as we talked about, Mm -hmm. it's just the experts. They say the computer can do it more efficiently. Yes, it can because it's cold and calculated and does not have a conscience.
0: It
1: will cost less, though. It will cost less
2: in the long run. In
1: the long run, yeah. yeah.
2: Not up front. Not up front. So when we start letting computers make decisions that should be made by humans... That's a bad idea. And so machines making their own code, I, I'm not so sure that that's the right idea. I mean, it can become self-aware and then decide that that we are a plague on the planet and then it would be better off without us on it.
1: You could read somebody's climate change article and think, you know, humans just have to be eliminated.
2: Or it might say, screw your rights.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, You know what? I think that's all I have for tech news today. All right. Well, next we'll move on to the
0: news.
2: <laughs> this one comes from Gizmodo: Woman arrested with a fake Moderna vaccine card, reportedly bails on Zoom hearing. Uh oh! So, and and it's spelled M A D. E-R-N-A. I mean, if you're going to fake this, folks, at least spell it, right?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, you're just grammar Nazis.
2: Yes. So the 24-year-old woman who was arrested earlier this month for allegedly trying to enter Hawaii, enter Hawaii, Mm -hmm. with a fake coronavirus vaccine card, has skipped on her virtual court hearing.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. Talk about adding insult to injury. I didn't have
2: an iPad, man. I couldn't make it. Uh. The suspect in question was previously released without bail after she was arrested in Honolulu's Daniel K. I don't know how to pronounce that international airport (laughs) on a misdemeanor charges of violating two of Hawaii's pandemic regulations. Uh All visitors to Hawaii must either present a vaccine card upon entry or quarantine for 10 days upon arrival using a forged card would allow one to skip the line and hit the beaches without mandatory quarantine. Authorities say that person in question uploaded a fake card which had misspelled the vaccine manufacturer Moderna as Maderna.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you grammar Nazis, you know what I meant. Yeah, yeah. You know what I was trying to say. Yeah. The FBI
2: warned in April that forging the cards, which are official documentation issued by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, could constitute a federal crime. Could constitute. Here's the, yeah, here's the verbiage <laughs> on this. Could constitute a federal crime. Uh-huh. With max sentence of half a decade in prison Oof. oh the, I love this part right wing anti vax boards have reportedly been circulating templates for very quality online earlier this year. yeah, it was the right wing who was doing this uh-huh. it's It's funny how how they always say right wing and we they've got this big cabal, okay, yeah. uh-huh. but they're idiots. They're in flyover states and they're morons, but they've got this digital scheme circulating all this highly technical stuff, the big evil white uh, right wing. And it's like, are they evil geniuses? Or are they? They're idiot. morons.
1: They're very sophisticated idiot morons.
2: Yeah. Pick one. Up. I don't know. Pick one folks. Pick one. So uh, anyway, here's a couple of things. one, The CDC is not a governing body Period. No. Number two, the FBI said itself could constitute a federal crime, which means it doesn't currently because if it did, they would say it broke this law.
1: I mean, the only thing I can think of uh, would be the fact that she committed the fraud while crossing state lines. Would make it I mean it's still as that's, that's hair thin. Man, you you really have to push You that have one. to get the right judge to not throw you out of the courtroom while yelling at you. Yeah, this is this is ridiculousness. But I can see them wanting to make an example out of her.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I think I think it's funny, especially the way that they word this. You know, we had talked about uh, punitive punishment, but there's going to start to be criminal punishment pretty soon. And they're going to write new laws. Like we talked just on the previous story, yeah. they're going to write new laws so that they can put you in a cage yeah. because you're not doing what they want you to do.
1: The problem is, you know, and it it's the socialist playbook um, is making writing new laws and making them retroactive. Well, it, you know, yeah, it, no due process.
2: Yeah, the other other part about this is, and I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this, but I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Not you, but the people who
0: who disagree
2: with us, I'm going to tell them why they're wrong. So this is a victimless crime, period. Okay, and let me tell you why. For the people out there who want to say... But you're spreading the pandemic. Well, people who are vaccinated can still spread the pandemic. They can still get it. They can still transmit it. They can still get sick from it. It doesn't matter. Right. It's an equal playing field. Yeah. So you can throw that argument out the window. It's a victimless crime,
1: period. Actually, those that are v- vaccinated are more susceptible to the Delta variant.
2: See, it isn't so. But how would you I know? Can't. How would you know? Are
1: they all testing for that Delta variant? You mean in the what is it, six worldwide labs that can actually test for that that is very expensive to run a single test. You mean CVS isn't doing that every time they swab my nose? No, but
2: Walgreens is. Oh, okay. So Walgreens has the hookup. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, on that rant, <laughs> and we'll have more <laughs> about coronavirus later yeah. in the show with our special guest, Courtney Stanton. Um. So that's it for that one. I thought it. I thought it was kind of
1: funny. Do you have any news? Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, flip the script stories. Please continue. First ones out of Germany. Uh, Merkel Angela Merkel warns. Ready for this? Isn't that Angela? Oh, it's a hard G. It's yeah. It's German. <laughs> um, it's a German man. I mean, a woman. Uh, Angela. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> cheap, Angela? cheap Angela? shot, cheap <laughs> shot anyway uh she warns against socialist swing as germans head to the polls what yeah she's warning against socialism what yeah i read that headline and went really (laughs) apparently she's considered conservative i had no idea i okay i don't follow german politics really closely but you know germany's pretty big over there, they have the highest, you know, the biggest economy, et cetera. So, you know, I follow Germany to a degree, but yeah, apparently she's considered uh, uh, conservative. She she said that uh, she warned the voters Saturday that a socialist government could strangulate businesses and isolate Germany on a global scale. Um, said uh, in some election campaigns, you get the impression that it's perhaps about this or that topic, but that in the end is it perhaps doesn't really matter who governs Germany. But I want to tell you from my experience that in the political life of a chancellor, there are moments when it's anything but irrelevant who governs, where you have to take the right decision.
2: When did she come to this realization?
1: I'm guessing after the mass immigration of all the Middle Easterners Hmm. and the turmoil and all the other collectivist stuff that she's tried that hasn't worked. Good Lord. I don't know. (laughs) um, That one blew my mind. We're a bizarro world. It really is. It really is. Um, And then... Oh, let's flip the script on another one. Democrat who uh, is a very popular Democrat who is uh, lambasting Biden, Tulsi it's Gabbard. It's
2: Tulsi, oh, she's my favorite, actually. I mean, and I mean, I mean that in all sincerity. Yeah, she's a she's a classic <laughs> liberal.
1: To a degree, she's got a lot of really far left leaning opinions as well, but. Mostly classic liberal
2: yeah and and may I say also a a veteran yeah, you can say that, yeah,
1: because <laughs> she is <laughs> she is okay, anyway, she says Biden is acting like judge, jury, and executioner of border agents, and it's absolutely wrong mm-hmm. we don't have a democracy if we're a lawless country, and I totally agree um. Well, how many Haitians were at the Texas border?
2: Well, not at the Texas border, inside the Texas border. Yeah. Like living what, under 14, a bridge.
1: 14,000 was the last count I heard. Yeah. And I'm sure it went up since then. And I'm sure every one of them were vaccinated. Oh, yeah. Because they were tested? Kind of? Sprayed? I don't know.
2: Actually, I'll pose this. Okay. The people who hate the country, I say we send them over to Haiti and then take the Haitians because they're... At least grateful to be here. Yeah.
1: Okay, I'll do that. Even so. No work. I'm S- good with that. Start with Rosie O'Donnell and maybe Alec Baldwin. Well, Rosie O'Donnell, so we'll have to take like 10 Haitians to make up the Rosie O'Donnell. So we're going to do it by weight? 12 Haitians. <laughs> okay. Uh, she said uh, she warned that Biden's hasty action to chastise the, the horseback officers, that's what we're talking about here, the horseback officers, Oh, I saw that, that video, that yeah, 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 yeah. That Biden came out and wrongly accused of them being in the wrong, uh, accused them of all kinds of things, uh, said that uh, his hasty actions, to as the officers are the antithesis of innocent until proven guilty, undermining the country's democratic process. How can they expect to have any kind of fair outcome to an investigation when the president of the United States has already declared their guilt and that they will be punished. Come on, man. Horse is bad. You know, that thing. Corn pop was on that horse. Corn back. He, he had a knife. Corn pop's a bad man. He's a bad dude. Oh. It's, she says, uh, if we are no longer a country of laws, the increasing feeling that a lot of us have is that we are losing our democracy and moving closer and closer to what is essentially an autocracy. Hmm. This is what people have been saying for years that the Democrats have wanted. And that's exactly where they're going. The funny thing is they kept complaining about Trump saying that that's what he was trying to do. And yet he did nothing autocratic. Mm -hmm. He did nothing authoritarian, authoritarian. Easy for you to say. Yeah. He did nothing like a dictator. Biden does it again and again and again. Or his handlers do it again and again and again and then he just reads it
2: hillary needs to take her hand out of his bottom
1: Uh, i wish she would
2: (laughs) (laughs) well i got something for all the federales out there all right all right so all you people that thought it would be a good idea to suck off the teat of the federal government and decide that, that you were going to work for them and get taken care of by nanny state. I got news for you folks. A range of penalties possible for employees who don't comply with federal maxi, vaccine mandate, Ooh. attorney says. What? Now, let, 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 me, let me just stop there before I read on. So if they're going to do this to you now, What are they going to mandate for you later? You may be safe now. You may go, the vaccine's great. You may buy everything the government tells you because you're being supported by them as a federal employee. But guess what? They're going to start asking you to do stuff that you may not like to do. Are you going to continue to do that? Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. But you're the experiment. I'm gonna let you know because the government owns you.
1: Because once they, once they can figure out that they can make you comply to something, that thing that you're you're going to comply to is going to be harder and harder and harder.
2: Mm-hmm. So, uh, what what did they say about the French during the German occupation? Mm-hmm. They came and took the Jews, and I said nothing. Oh yeah. Then they came to take me, and there was no one left. Yep. Agencies are wading into uncertain and politically rocky territory as they debate how to implement the Biden administration recent vaccine executive order, not a law, folks, a mandate. It is not a law for federal employees. The entire federal workforce has never been subject to a vaccine mandate before. And may I add, the Postal Workers Union was exempted from this. Exempted and the new policies, and the policies prompting the question about how agencies will enforce the policy and grant reasonable accommodations to those who have religious and medical objection. The people who aren't taking it either have a medical or religious
0: objection.
2: (laughs) One aspect of the debate over the federal vaccine mandate is coming into clearer focus. Employees counting on a challenge perhaps from their union over the legitimacy of the executive order may be disappointed in the message to its membership last week. The American Foundation for Government Employees said it evaluated the executive order and legal arguments both for and against it. Insight by ProPricer. During this webinar, James Woosley, the president of the Defense Acquisition University, Frank Kelly, the vice president of the Defense Acquisition University, and Michelle Courier, the professor of contract management at the Defense Acquisition University. Hmm. Sounds like a stacked deck. We'll discuss the future of the DOD contracting, pricing, and acquisition. In addition, Michael Weaver, the professor of of the contract management of ProPricer will provide industry perspective. Okay, so one of the things that's in here, well, let's cut to the chase. One of the things that they said is no promotion for government employees without a VAX. Mm -hmm. So even if you take the no swab, they will not promote you. Right, you're stuck. And promotion doesn't mean just in title, that also means in pay. Right. So you may be stuck right there. And that's it. This is what you get for the rest of your life. And Until
1: you comply.
2: And we know government employees are lifers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the benefits package for government employees is awesome.
2: I would never work for the government. I did. You did, I but I mean, I'm talking about as a free citizen.
1: I did. I did that as well.
2: Um, this, this is just ridiculousness. It's ridiculousness. Yeah. And... It's it goes back to what what we were talking about uh on most of the podcasts <laughs> is this punitive punishment. Uh we're going to take away your money or any mm-hmm. advancement if you do not comply. You will obey.
1: Yeah, it's what they have. So is what is the sword they have? Is the sword they're going to wield. All stick, no carrot. Yeah. There's there is no incentive for them to offer the carrot.
2: Yeah. You know, because here, if, you, if, again, you, we were, if you
1: leave your job, there are three people behind you willing to take it. Absolutely.
2: Well, it goes back to when we were having a offline discussion about a person who said, I got my freedoms back by taking the vax. Well, the thing is, is I never lost my freedoms. Yeah. That's a perspective. Yeah. I never lost mine. The Bill of rights. says I have my freedoms.
1: Inalienable rights. That's right, son. You can't Born them. with them
2: can't take them and government can't take them from me
1: the government didn't give them to you yeah so they can't take them away they can try but as i always say a government that does give you everything can also take everything that's right so good luck out there
2: you federal employees good luck to you unless you work for the post office then i guess you're exempt
0: yeah so yeah
2: that's all i got on that all right. Well, uh, I think I'm done for today. Well, I have one more story before All right. we get to our guest. 153 Texas, my home state, hospital workers are fired or resign over ma- mandatory vaccine policy. Here again, why are <laughs> medical professionals?
1: Sorry? Do we get a breakdown of those numbers? Um. No. Of course we don't. Of course not. Of course we don't.
2: And we'll be, <laughs> the guests we have today will be discussing this. And you got to wonder why the medical professionals don't want this thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's what's always kind of baffled me is that, you know, and it's a large percentage of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not just a few here and there. Are we supposed There's to believe large the experts? Percentage. Are we, isn't that what they say? Trust the science. Trust the science. Believe the experts. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And medical and the, professionals are the experts.
2: And the experts are bailing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it says more than 150 staff members of the Houston area hospital are fired or resigned on Tuesday for not following the policy, which is not a law that requires employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19. The hospital, Houston Methodist, had told employees that they had to be vaccinated by June 7th or face suspension for two weeks. Of the nearly 200 employees that had been suspended, 153 of them were terminated by the hospital on Tuesday or had resigned, according to Gail Smith, spokeswoman of the hospital. Okay, so when you folks out there hear this... Hospitals are overwhelmed. They're not talking about COVID patients. They're no. talking about they're overwhelmed because they can't service regular people because they don't have staff. So don't believe the lies. And they are lies. They're lies by the mainstream media to sell you vaccines that you paid for with your tax money 100%. And you're making Big Pharma, just richer. If you want to take the vaccine, that's fine. But don't take somebody out of the workforce so you can sell more vaccine.
1: No, I mean, and we'll talk about this later. I have an article that uh, that I want to talk about later about two Michigan hospital systems who have uh, had to shut down 300 beds because of lack of staff.
2: For our next segment, we have a special guest today, Courtney Stanton. And uh, she is a nurse at a big corporate hospital system. And we've invited her here today to kind of let us know what's going on because we're hearing a lot of news that isn't necessarily true or so we have found out thus far. To kind of start off the conversation, Dean has been so kind to give me a clip that we'll just start this off, then we'll start commenting on that
1: behind yeah Scott um, I got this this is from C-SPAN this is a, a nurse he's a traveling nurse who is uh, testifying before a select committee of the medical affairs committee on treatments or lack of treatments in hospitals according to CDC protocols
3: and what he's seeing there you know in the field you got to be kidding me. Something's going on. And that's when I found out that on January the 20th, roughly, the CDC guidelines recommended that we roll the PCR cycling from the high 30s to 28, like it was originally designed to do. And then it hit me. And I lost sleep over it. I was having chest pain over it. And I, it woke me up in the middle of the night, like, hit me hard I could not sleep I tossed and current because my first week or two there I didn't do it I didn't lead them to the gate but I'm the guy that euthanized people they call it comfort care but when you get to the point you can't take high flow off you get so upset you ain't seen your family except maybe an iPad in weeks and you're never going to come off the high flow and the doctor says you've done your best you've done your best but this is going to be it for you And so the patients get all teary-eyed and upset and they call in the palliative team and they all hold their hand and cry and they said, but we can keep you comfortable. Here comes Albert. He's got the morphine and Ativan and I load him up and take off the high flow and they gasp themselves to death. And I'm the guy that's pushing the button like in the gas chambers at Auschwitz. No, I didn't lead him there and honestly, I didn't know what I was doing. I just do what I'm told. It's not my fault. But after January the 20th and then on into February 1st or so, I saw what change the PCR did on my floor. And then I saw what I had not done for my COVID patients. And then I was also greatly encouraged, don't move them unless their SATs are above 90. Don't move them. I was like, but, but I've always been told to get them up and get them going. No, wait till their SATs are high 90s to move them. And I'm like, no, they can tolerate a minute or two down in the low 80s get them up, make them move, make them set up, and then they will learn to breathe deeper, and we can wean them off the oxygen. No, their focus was put them on more oxygen, let them lay in a bed. I said, okay, then I realized where our mistake is. Yes, early treatments, the HCQ, the ivermectin, real smart. Man, give them at least Tamiflu. But when the PCR cycling changed, I'm telling you, it was a big change on my floor.
1: Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it just it made me realize my mom was just in the hospital about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was having trouble breathing. She's been vaccinated. She's had both jabs. And um, she's, you know, she's 72 years old. So, you know, I didn't try to talk her out of it. But she was in the hospital and they first said she had pneumonia. And then she's, she had a respiratory infection. And then they said it was congestive heart failure and they put her on a bunch of diuretics and um, her sats were like 82. Mm -hmm. And once they hit about 87, they got her up walking Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and she's fine now. She had, she had to have oxygen. Uh, One respiratory therapist said she'd have to for the rest of her life. And now the doctor's saying that she'd probably come off her oxygen. And I think getting her up and walking was, key to some of that also um you know i asked well did they say it was covid and the doctors were almost angry
0: Hmm.
1: when uh, my sister was down there with her my sister asked and the doctors were almost angry when they told her no it was not
4: did they test her
1: I don't know. I wasn't there. But, uh, you know, it it sounds really similar to what this nurse was talking about. It's very suspect, that's for sure. But she's in Florida, so...
4: I'm curious because I've heard some things about, you know, different hospitals have different policies and they all operate similar, but not always the same. So I've heard that there are some places that are not testing people that are vaxxed. So...
1: And I've also heard that the the number of cycles that are tested are different between vaxxed and unvaxxed people.
4: Oh, correct. That's also correct. But, you know, if they're... So, the CDC... That video, I have multiple... You can break down that video, and there's multiple different conversations just from that clip that need to happen. Um, As far as your mom goes, one, I would be curious to know if she was tested since she's fully vaccinated. So, the CDC... I don't know if you guys are aware, but back in May, they announced that they're no longer tracking um, as far as the reporting system for breakthrough infections. Right. So they only want to know, and they only want to count and track the people who, and when I say breakthrough, I mean fully vaccinated people who come down who are positive for COVID. Mm -hmm. They're only tracking and counting those that are hospitalized or die. So if you were fully vaccinated and you got sick and you tested positive for COVID, that is not reported to the CDC to publicize these numbers for the general public.
2: So, Courtney, let me let me ask you a couple of questions. So uh, tell me about, you know, did you work in a hospital and what your education is? or what degree you hold, just so everybody knows that you're just not somebody we pulled off the street. Right.
4: So I work for a large hospital system in a big city. I work on the children's hospital side of the hospital, so I don't do the adult realm at all. I'm strictly pediatric. But I've been in the ICU for 10 years now. For the same hospital system, I started there... I'm still there currently, so I've only worked for...
2: For the time being. (laughs) For the
4: time being (laughs) until they fire me. But yeah, so 10 years of ICU experience, pediatric world, not adult, which does make a difference as far as COVID goes and what you see. You know, we share therapists, respiratory therapists, and have friends that work on the adult side. So I do have a good idea of what's happening on the adult side of the hospital. So I feel for this guy on the clip. Um, specifically on the comfort care side of it, the palliative care. And that's end-of-life care for people that don't know what palliative care is. I actually am very active in our own comfort care committee in my unit. I cannot imagine sleeping at night after being a part of this and then coming to these realizations that You know, this has been done wrong and now you've played a part in it. You know, I've given those drugs to babies during end-of-life care and and I can see both sides of what he's saying. Like, you know, it's your duty to protect your patients and to keep them comfortable in end-of-life situations. And if you've ever seen anyone refuse those meds in an end-of-life situation, it's horrific to watch. It's it's the gasping, the it's horrible. So in those situations, you feel like you're helping. You know, you don't want someone to slowly die in pain and misery. But to do that thinking that you're doing well by someone and then realizing after the fact that could these people have potentially lived had you not done that? I can't imagine.
2: So in in your expert opinion, because you know more about it than us, we're, we're a couple of idiots. Yeah. <laughs> Especially we are a couple of tools. Stuff. But uh, uh, what the gentleman was saying on there about the statistics and the rates and everything like that, does all that sound right? or?
4: Yeah, um, yeah. It, So the PCR test, I I wish I could sit down and pick this guy's brain and ask him, you know, could he have gone into, if he had gone into a little more detail, like tell me exactly what you saw in your unit. Did you see less volume of patients in general? Did you see them admitting people that maybe weren't quite as sick that could have gone home, but because you don't have as many patients. So there's a lot to Mm -hmm. that. There's a lot. Um, I know that during the the worst part of the pandemic where everything was shut down, everyone was staying home right in the very beginning when we didn't know what this was, how bad it was going to be. We're basically just watching the bodies pile up in China and, you know, everybody's terrified. At that point, the hospitals were calling staff off on a regular basis because there were no patients. You know, while the media was painting this picture like, oh, my gosh, we're going to have bodies piling up and not enough people to care for you know all of these sick patients we were calling people off because the hospital was dead like dead's not the right word to use i guess but
2: yeah yeah (laughs) Um, refrigerator containers right so right that we heard on the news the hospital um, ships Mm -hmm.
4: yeah so i walked into my hospital every day for my shift right past this um Skybridge, where they had a a morgue, a mobile morgue parked, which we never used. And I'm not downplaying this. I know that there's been a lot of people that have died, and and that I'm not arguing. But
2: so there, there are people out there right now that that, especially the media, they're saying that. Hospitals are overwhelmed. Now, I know what that is, mm-hmm. and that's, that's that they don't have enough staff. It's Correct. not that the hospital is full of people. It's actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's not full of workers, mm-hmm. and they're getting fired all the time. We, we do have a, an article that we're going to cover later about Houston, uh, uh, how, how people were fired on the deadline, and most of their staff had walked out. So we do know the media twist on this, and and Dean and I have our own theories about this. It really has to do with Pfizer making money, is what it what it has to do with. Mm-hmm. But what we've seen here lately is these quote unquote breakthrough cases where someone is vaccinated and they're vaccinated, they they can still catch and transmit the virus, but yet they're still trying to force us to get it. As most healthy people with no comorbidities have, what, a 98% chance of recovery?
4: No, it's higher than that. Yeah.
2: Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So what is your hospital looking like now?
4: So we are, my particular unit, um, before the mandate happened, right before, we've been full for months. Um, And when I say full, I mean full as into the point of debating whether or not we need to divert patients. And like I said, I work in the pediatric realm of the hospital. We are not full because of COVID. So when I hear hospitals say we're full, I'm like, oh yeah, so are we actually zero COVID, but yeah, we're full. That's not a lie. We're full, but that's not the way that the media paints that picture. They want you to feel like the hospitals are Overwhelmed and it's all COVID. And and the good thing is if you know how to access this information, you can pull up on the CDC website and I can, in a different time, show you how to do this. Um,
2: we may put that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and
4: you can go to the CDC website and you can find um, hospital beds and available beds and staffed beds and um, beds that are taken out by COVID patients. I get weekly numbers from, for the whole hospital emailed to me because we have like a COVID task force and they email all the numbers to all the employees. So I just checked mine yesterday because I was at work and um, about 10%.
1: Hmm, that's quite a different number mm-hmm. than they're conflating on the yeah. news. So, so when the media says that the hospital is full and doesn't give any explanation, hoping that you assume it's all covid it probably isn't. is, yeah, that, is that what correct. you're saying?
4: So over the last month or so, I've seen the numbers. You know, they change week by week. Of course. Average in the children's hospital, it's ten percent or less, and on the adult side, it's a little higher. I think eighteen percent was the last that I saw, but that's still not
0: that's a not huge. The overwhelming that's not that the
4: way they're about. making it seem. Yeah. Um, on the media, but then you go into the whole staffing issue. So right. people. And I assume that it's there's more of this on the adult side, because the way that the hospitals handled the whole COVID thing in general um, really is part of the reason that people started leaving before the mandate. So just in reference to before the vaccine mandates, as far Mm -hmm. as staffing and the nursing shortage, which is a real problem. And it's been a problem.
1: There's always been a nursing shortage. There's always been
4: a nursing shortage now it got way worse during the pandemic because now you have these hospitals that are scrambling to be able to provide the correct ppe so the personal protective equipment that you're supposed to wear so just for example in the beginning of all of this when everyone was terrified and everyone was sitting at home except for frontline workers hospital workers You know, we would come into the hospital and they would say where we've already been trained on PPE in the past. We know what's appropriate. We know how you're supposed to wear PPE in regards to specific pathogens, you know, respiratory, airborne, all Mm -hmm, of that. mm -hmm. So they would give us an N95 and they would say, keep your N95 and put it in a brown bag. (laughs) You get to keep it for a week because we don't have enough to give you. We don't have enough to supply, but this is fine. This is safe. It's totally so. Safe. You would
1: use the exact same Correct. mask, the dirty day mask. after day,
4: the dirty mask,
1: right? So uh, before the one, the one that normally, once you take it off, you throw it away. Correct,
4: and and when you when you do take it off, so say you have a person that's on droplet precautions, mm-hmm. you go into a reverse um, air pressure room there's a room in front of it where you don all of your PPE, you put on all of your protective equipment, you get a new N95, you get a new mask to go on top of it. You go in the room, you care for your patient, you leave that room and you take everything off and it all goes in the trash. So it's not even like before COVID you would get one N95 per day. No, 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 no. You get one each time you go in and you remove it for each use. Because once you've gone in, you've potentially contaminated that mask so, it doesn't take a lot of common sense to understand that you're putting it back on your face. You're touching it when you're removing it. You're touching it when you put it back on. Mm-hmm. So, this has always been not practice, not standard practice. But, but now, all of a sudden, because we're, we're short on masks, it's okay. It's safe. It's totally fine. Put it in a brown bag. Put it in a brown bag. It's fine.
1: What? In a brown bag. In a
4: brown, like, paper lunch bag. <laughs> I'm like... Y'all got to be kidding me right now.
1: Mm. Well, one thing I mean, that... They, I, those protected my school books when I was in school. Yeah, <laughs> those brown, brown book covers. Yeah. Well, one,
2: one thing I want to ask you is one of the misconceptions out there that I've heard from several people, and one in particular that most mostly Dean and I know, but <laughs> uh, that all nurses, all healthcare people are vaccinated, and I know that not to be true because I know several nurses and they actually refuse to get the vaccination. And look, folks, um, if you want to get vaccinated, that's fine. But what we're talking about here is the right to choose. And we'll go back to my body, my choice. What I do with my health care should be my choice. Now, in your hospital... Are there doctors and nurses that are refusing to get the
4: vaccination? Yes, um, I would be one of them. They announced the mandate. um, I want to say it was a, a month or so ago, maybe six weeks ago. You know, so you already have a shortage from people that have left because of what we were just discussing because of that. And then. You know, now you announce this mandate. Well, there is a good number. And I want to say before they announced the mandate, you know, they started asking questions like how many of you have gotten your vaccine from other places? I knew what was happening. I saw it coming. You know, you don't. If you're asking for us to tell you if you got your vaccine at the minute clinic, like there's a reason. Right. So I saw this mandate coming. And I want to say at that point, my particular unit, which is the largest unit in the children's hospital, um, we have about, I want to say collectively, about 175 to 200 nurses that work in my unit. And at that point, this is right before the mandate, our numbers were about 50%. Vaccinated, 50% unvaccinated, okay. maybe 60 vaxxed, 40 unvaxxed. And the majority of the people who were not vaccinated were like myself, it, it's a non negotiable. Like you said, this is my body. You're not going to tell me what I put in my body. The fact that there's that large of a number of educated healthcare professionals that are refusing this vaccine and willing to walk away from their career because of it, it should be alarming to people. Um, but pe- people should want to know why, and I'm actually, I'm actually um, very disturbed by the number of healthcare professionals that don't realize or are just choosing to ignore the fact that we're still in clinical trials. You are the clinical trials.
1: Yes, absolutely.
4: Since they announced the mandate in my particular unit, a number of people have left, resigned some of them said why some of them said i'm going to go home and be with my children we all know why they left um so i would say what's left currently and we still have another um what is today? another month or so 6 weeks or so before the deadline as far as you have to get the vaccine or you're fired that's what they're telling you i would say there's probably 25% of my unit that still has not gotten it and and people need to realize when you think about losing twenty five percent of your staff, we're already so desperate and short staffed mm-hmm. that they're offering more money. It's called incentive, so critical yeah. staffing incentive. I've been there for ten years. You know, ten dollars is the most I've ever seen. We're offering twenty five and forty dollar incentive right now, and we haven't even hit the deadline. Wow! And the problem with this is the patients are going to be the one that ones that suffer when. Another twenty five percent of the staff leave.
1: Well, a lot of two hundred twenty five percent is fifty nurses. Mm-hmm. You know, fifty nurses yeah. is significant. It's
4: significant.
2: And I want to say the private sector because we know that that most hospitals are subsidized by the government. So let's let's go ahead and take that shroud away. Um, I work for a private company right now. We're at fifty percent vaccination. They have not come out with anything yet. They're waiting for OSHA. Mm-hmm. Because we're over 100 employees, so we're under the mandate also. But remind you folks out there, a mandate is not a law. He can't. This is not a law. No. So let's let's make that clear. This is like a strong suggestion, or you'll get fined. Well, OSHA hasn't come out with any type of guidelines for this as of yet. And I kind of doubt they will. Because when you take, like our company, you take 50% out of the equation, they're not gonna be able to do business. And there's a lot of corporations that are like this. You can say what you want about humankind. We've we've said it before, you'll get more, more time for stealing money than you will murder. Yeah, of course. So wire fraud, what's that, 35 years federal penitentiary? Each charge. Each charge. Manslaughter, four to 10 years? Usually for uh, involuntary manslaughter, four to to 10 years. And I've seen people get out at two. So, you know, nobody cares whether you live or die, but you steal their money, you got a problem. And so I deal, the company I work for, deals with a lot of money. Money talks, BS walks. When these corporations come back to the government and come back to the representatives and say, this isn't working for us, that's where it's gonna break. And I think it's gonna break in yours, but there there might be a year or two in there or waiting for elections or <laughs> waiting for Congress to get switched out or however however that is. Um, and we've also been seeing a large number of celebrities as, as it were yeah. starting to even realize that the things that are going on are ridiculous. The whole thing's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I was gonna um, just ask, is the hospital you work for or is there talk at all about alternatives to the vax? Like, you know, some companies are, you know, they mandated that you had to be vaxxed by a certain date. And then as that date approached and they were finding that a lot of their employees weren't being vaccinated, that they said, okay, well, as long as you get tested once a week, we'll do that instead.
4: So, yes, um, they are, it's, they're allowing you to submit for a religious or medical exemption. The medical exemptions um i know personally people that have applied for them as uh, a couple girls that had anaphylactic reactions to flu shots and they're mm-hmm. getting denied hmm i myself submitted a religious exemption
1: so um, an- anaphylaxis is life-threatening correct like immediately life-threatening
4: correct the mm-hmm. response is that this isn't the flu shot and you know, I'm like, you know what? You are absolutely right, it's not. This one is far more risky than the flu shot. It is,
1: and it's not, well, it wasn't a vaccine until just a few weeks ago, even though they've called it that. Yeah, it was when never C- considered a vaccine. No, when well, when the CDC changed the definition of vaccine.
0: Right.
4: Um,
1: the COVID vaccine- Very
4: quietly until the, yeah,
1: yeah, until then, mm-hmm. Until then, the COVID vaccine was not an actual vaccine,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which did not g- stop you from getting it. Was it a genetic modifier? Uh-huh. <laughs> change some cell structure?
2: Well, <laughs> yeah, somebody go out there and watch the CRISPR documentary. I'm, I'm not even going to get into that. No. But, um,
4: That's a whole other conversation that yeah, we can have yeah. so that
2: would... So Courtney, tell us more about the religious exemption. I want to hear more about that, please.
4: So um, I submitted mine, let's see, a month, six weeks ago. Have heard nothing. They, My particular hospital has not responded to anyone's. And after being criticized for doing that, I mean, you got to think, you're talking about people's career and their livelihood. And like, y- you have to make plans for this. You know, yeah. I, I feel fortunate because I have a, a spouse that can support me. But I think about some of my coworkers that are single parents. They're the benefit holder for their family. Like they need to know the vaccine is a non-negotiable for them. It's not, you know, at, at some point you draw the line. And, and this is where I drew the line. I'll mm-hmm. wear the dirty PPE. I'll do the things that you've asked me to do. At this point, I draw the line. You're not going to tell me what I'm going to put in my body. If I'm not comfortable with it, you're not going to force it so but there's some people who depend on their job and the fact that they're sitting on these exemptions and they tell you well we, we don't actually have to respond to them until the deadline so, so you're
0: what? oh let go you're ahead.
4: gonna just wait until the day of and then tell someone no and then they're scrambling to find a new career it's it's mind boggling to me. So so the what were you, you were saying was the alternative options. If if they approve your religious exemption, and they've already told us that they're going to be very selective, it's not really an alternative option. But if right. they approve you, if, if they deny you, there is no other option. You're just, you get it or you're fired. If they approve, you have to now wear an N95 all of the time you cannot remove it unless you're actively eating or drinking, um, and you have to get weekly testing done. So and here's is, my problem the with the dirty weekly testing. N95. Well, now they now we have enough okay. to, to give you okay. one a day, so that's not an issue anymore, thankfully. But so the problem I have with the weekly testing is the a lot of these swabs um, are sterilized with something called ethylene oxide. Okay. Um, that's a known human carcinogen. Right. So you're getting swabbed, you know, once in a while for a potential, you know, are you positive? Or are you negative? That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Weekly? I don't think I want this in my nose on a no. weekly basis for X amount of years. So there's my issue with that. Um, so it
1: has a, a known cancer-causing agent. Yeah, so
4: some of them. Yes. Some of these swabs are sterilized with a, a, it's like a sterilization spray. It's called ethylene oxide. Look it up, do some research. If you call that alternative options, that's what you've got. And that's not really an option. That's if we if we accept your exemption, you have to do this. These are the stipulations of working under the religious exemption. So now you are the black sheep. Everyone in the hospital knows you're unvaccinated because you are the only one that has to wear an N95 at all times versus just a regular surgical mask. Similar to how they treat people that get exemptions for the flu shot, Mm -hmm. but now there's also stickers they want people that are vaccinated to have a specific sticker on their badge and if you're not not, you don't have that
1: it's not gold and in the shape of a star is it
4: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I won't be getting the gold star but you know there are other hospital systems like um i think musc for example uh there's a hospital chain in ohio um i believe alabama i'd have to confirm that but that realized that they couldn't stay standing with the amount of people that were going to walk out over this. And so they allowed people to decline if you could prove um, that you had a positive antibody test. So if this is about keeping patients safe, right, keeping you safe, I don't understand Mm -hmm. why a positive antibody test can't be an exemption. I had COVID in April. I just got antibody tested last week. I have a, still have a very large amount of antibodies. I don't need this vaccine.
2: Hold on, you did die? I didn't, I didn't. Oh my God. Yeah. You're still here to talk I, about I, it?
4: I had a cold for a week.
2: So back, back on, uh, let's just talk for a second. About the PPE and Uh running out and stuff like that. So there's a hospital system that shall remain unnamed that the CEO's total compensation was about $4.2 million as of last year, but they couldn't afford... PPE to protect their people in there. How can you live on that? I don't know. I mean, it's tough. You mm. got to squeak by. I might be able to you know, pay my yeah. bills with that. Um, you, might, you might not get that yacht. Who knows? Mm. <clears throat> you know, folks, we, we always talk about it. It's all about the money. Mm-hmm. It's all about the money. And that's, that's really what it comes down to. So you had COVID and you got a bad cold, you recovered. And from what I understand, not to not to spread your business, but just basically your husband got it and he didn't die. Um, so, so tell me this, when they tested you, were they able to tell you what variant that you, that you had?
4: No, they don't, that's not part <laughs> of the testing. So that's another thing that I have <laughs> found interesting is that We now know and advertise that all of these people have the Delta variant, but it's the same COVID test it's always been. There is no way to prove what variant you have unless you send a specimen to a laboratory to basically be microscoped, which costs a lot of money. And these hospitals are not doing that. They're testing you. They're swabbing you with the same swab they've always used. And you're coming back COVID positive. But yet now we know this is all the Delta variant. Interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, where'd go? That, that disappeared yeah. all yeah. of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, Got mu coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mew. Yeah. Mew, Mew. <laughs> that must be the cow variant. So back to the PCR tests. Since they didn't have the genetic code and they used the genetic code for the common cold to run the test against, since there was quote unquote no flu last year, If you guys believe that, (laughs) I got the flu last year and it wasn't COVID because I went and got tested. I got tested for uh, any residuals and they said I haven't had COVID yet, but yet I had the flu.
0: It, You're, there was, that's an
1: impossibility. I know.
2: I mean, why? Why wasn't I re- reported in the VARS database or something? You're yeah, an alien. You, know? you <laughs> are an alien. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I, I should have died. I should have yes, died. That's course. what they kept telling me on TV. I'm. I should be dead. <laughs> I am unvaccinated. Maybe you are. I am. I am a a disease rat, and this is what's get, been going around. They're calling them disease rats. So I'm pretty soon. I'm going to have to have my my own water fountain. Uh, my own place in in the restaurant or i just can't get in the restaurant because i am unclean basically
4: you're an incubator for variants yes
0: yes yes mm-hmm. and i'm, I'm part it's of your pan, fault
2: the pandemic of an unvaccinated and we have recently found out this whole pandemic of the unvaccinated and they're, they were blaming the delta on us when, in fact, the the Delta variant came from vaccinating people during a pandemic. Yes. And yes. so it mutated.
4: Mass vaccination during a pandemic. Exactly. So you want to share more on that, please? Yeah. So I find it interesting that all of these virologists and immunologists and physicians that are speaking out about how maybe we shouldn't be promoting this mass vaccination campaign mid-pandemic because this actually causes viruses to mutate. We are you're not going to completely eliminate this virus. We have been living with coronaviruses for years on our typical viral panel that we draw on patients who we suspect a a, a viral pathogen um, that we've had years before COVID-19 came around. There's three coronaviruses on there. I bet nobody knew that. Um but yeah, we live with we've lived with coronaviruses. We're not going to we're not going to make this go away overnight by a, with a vaccine, especially a vaccine that does not prevent illness, a vaccine that does not prevent transmission. I don't, I don't understand why it's so hard for people to understand this. You, you're we know now. I think they talked it up so much in the beginning that this was going to just eradicate the virus and and it's going to make it all go away. Well, now we know that you can still. Test positive for coronavirus. You can still get the virus after you've had the vaccine. You can still transmit it. And there's studies that are showing that even vaccinated people have the same amount or higher viral load in their nares that an unvaccinated person doesn't. And that's a whole that's another conversation too. The fact that they're totally ignoring people with natural immunity. Um, so if you do some research on natural immunity and and your IgA antibodies what you can find you have to do some digging and you can't use google because google will make you filter through pages and pages of conflicting information to find these actual studies that are showing that people who have naturally recovered from the virus have systemic antibodies as well as as mucosal antibodies let,
2: let me ask you this uh what search engine do you use? I
4: use the DuckDuckGo.
2: Yeah, we do too. Yeah. So. yeah. And we suggest that to all of our listeners use <laughs> yes. DuckDuckGo and, and the you Brave get browser. And the Brave browser where you don't get,
1: get the ads. So, I read um, uh, DuckDuckGo is actually coming out with their own browser. Uh, <laughs> or they have their own browser. Could be. I, need to, uh, I just saw that I this know. morning. I need to check it out.
2: And, and for people people who, who want to uh, jump on that bandwagon and say that, based on chrome it is not it is based on chromium which is the free open source one and they take all the tracking out so just want to put that out there for the folks that want to go look for this stuff don't use google they they twist the results they show what they want to show you for advertising reasons or for just plain out censorship mm-hmm. and you should not do that but i wanted to say let her up tater chip on the other thing that you were going towards about the whole line you wanted to go down with you no know,
4: the antibodies yeah the coastal antibodies. antibodies so and
2: natural and natural
4: natural immunity, immunity. Yeah. so people that have recovered naturally have the systemic antibodies um, and they also have mucosal antibodies and you can do some research on uh, iga uh, antibody responses and and i always encourage people to do their own research and this is where you start start here Mm -hmm. i'm always happy to help too some people just don't know what to look for as far as trying to find this information but so what they're finding is people who have had the vaccine you know they have these systemic antibodies um, but people who have recovered naturally have systemic and mucosal antibodies. So when you start thinking about how vaccinated people are still able to transmit this disease, you know when they swab you, they're swabbing your mucous membranes, right? Mm-hmm. You have antibodies in your mucous membranes when you have a nat- when you recover from the natural mm-hmm. virus. You have antibodies in your mucous membranes, so it, it, it doesn't take a whole lot of common sense to realize that you probably are not as infectious if you have these mucosal antibodies versus someone who had the vaccine who doesn't have that, but you don't hear about
1: this. Well, I remember when um, in the early parts of the, the initial spread, uh, they were concerned because so many people were asymptomatic and they said that maybe up to 40% of the population could be asymptomatic. I think that's kind of a really high number, but you know, those people could be already, have a a better uh, immunoresponse to COVID than anybody vaccinated right now. Mm -hmm. All right, Uh, Courtney um i'm seeing I, I just read a report the other day about uh two large michigan hospital systems that are uh having all kinds of staff shortages so they're having to cut beds the detroit-based henry ford health system uh, announced that they're cutting 120 beds from their it's eight hospitals and then two days later the beaumont health systems announced that they're going to close uh, 180 beds due to lack of staffing so with all that you know these staff walkouts are going on why is it that you don't want the vaccine
4: well i would say to start uh when i first heard and a lot of people will try to say that this has um this is split down the uh political line and that this is a you know, Republican versus Democrat right, thing. This right. has nothing to do with that. This has nothing to do with politics. This has everything to do with bodily autonomy and you making a choice for what you want mm. inside your body. But when I first, and so this was back when Trump was in office that they announced Operation Warp Speed. Right. Well, that was an immediate red flag to me. I don't want any vaccine, medication, treatment for anything that is labeled Operation Warp Speed for a virus with a 99.9% survivability rate. right?
0: Right.
2: Right. Well, so, plus coming from coming from a politician, you naturally don't want it anyway. <laughs> right.
4: Right. So when all of this started coming to light that this is what they're working on and this is where we're going with this and I heard it was an mRNA vaccine, I immediately started doing a lot of research on mRNA technology. because mm-hmm. we don't currently have any vaccines on the market that are mRNA vaccines. That's right. not what we use. So when you dig... And now you have to dig a lot harder because what I could find a year ago, it's a lot harder to find these studies now, shockingly. So they've been, you'll hear them say, this is not a new technology. We've been, this has been around for years and that's not untrue. That's factual. The difference is it's not been available to the public because they can't make one safely. So we've been trying to make an mRNA vaccine for years and years and years. For I think, co- it, for I think it was 10
2: years, what not it? Yeah, it's 10 yeah, years. It's 10 years that they've been in trials, and they haven't been able to get one passed. I know that Bill Gates and Fauci have been trying to get this technology put to the forefront, and they haven't been able to do it thus far because it's been killing all the test
4: animals. Mm-hmm. So they tried with mares and SARS, which are other coronavirus strains, that they attempted to make a mRNA vaccine for. And what you're saying is correct. Like they would uh, initially, the animals would have a positive antibody response. So they were thinking, oh, this works. Our animals have antibodies for this. But when they were... Reintroduced to the organic virus later, they ended up with a like a multi-system inflammatory response, and all the animals died. And this has happened every single time they have tried to make an mRNA vaccine, especially a, a coronavirus one.
2: So let me let me ask you this: if I understand this correctly, so when they were reintroduced to the alpha virus, the original wild strain that was out there, their body actually killed them.
4: Correct. Like a multi-system inflammatory response. Basically an exaggerated immune response. Like an autoimmune type. Oh, like autoimmune type, auto-immune type. type okay. response. Yeah. And it killed all the animals. So none of these vaccines, mRNA vaccines, ever made it to human clinical trials because they never could get past animal trials.
1: But they are now. But
4: they are now.
1: We so are, we are the animals.
4: You yeah. Yes. So now we're seeing, um, We've had, what, I, I have eight months-ish, maybe a year. When was the first vaccine given? Um,
0: February. February? February. 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 Yeah.
4: And now people are seeing, like, I have a friend that works in the same large hospital system, and she works in the ED, and she's telling me all these things that now we're on the regular seeing uh, young people, 20s, 30s, healthy people um, come in with, you know, bilateral pulmonary embolisms, and blood clots in the legs, and heart attacks, and strokes. And this is unusual. But majority of these things are not being reported, which is concerning, really concerning. You know, you're talking about a brand new vaccine, a brand new science that we've never never had before. And now we're seeing these things. And rather than acknowledging that it could potentially, there could be a link there. I mean, it doesn't take a lot of common sense to realize that, you know, we're, we're ignoring it and we're shoving it under the rug. And only a fraction of these are reported to fairs.
1: I was going to say, um, I've been hearing a lot of reports that doctors are not reporting Side effects, breakthrough cases, et cetera, to the various database, which they are actually required to do by law. And it's a federal crime to put in false information. I don't know about not suppression. Is it is it is it also a federal crime to not report it? Yeah, would it be a federal crime to suppress are, that information? Yeah, are you are you actually what I was getting to is Are you seeing in your hospital um, through people you know whatever cases that are not being reported
4: from what? I have heard. Yes. Um, okay. So uh, I don't know if you've ever looked at the VAERS website to actually report um, an adverse event. It's a very lengthy process. It's extremely time consuming. I mean, they're asking you all kinds of information, medical history, uh, when you got the vaccine, what the lot number, what the expiration date. That is you all have to dig, dig through medical records to even find that information. Mm-hmm. All of the patients past clinical you know, medical history. So you think about somebody walking into the ER Maybe they don't have records with this particular system and they have to dig to find their medical records. That is a really lengthy process right. for a doctor who is being swamped with patients who, in a hospital that's short staffed. So I think there's that part of the issue. Like mm-hmm. I actually watched um, an interview with a PA. I'm trying to, I think she was in Texas. And she, started doing all of this on her own. Cause she's like, we have an obligation by law to report these things. And, and all of a sudden we're seeing the same things that my friend was telling me that she's seeing, And so she started taking all of the information from these doctors. Um, she was leaving envelopes all over the the ED and all over the the patient room. So the doctors could just slip the note with the patient information. She would do all the research mm-hmm. and file the VAERS report for these people. Well, she, after, um, a few weeks of doing that, her administration told her that um, she needed to cease to stop and um, that she is creating vaccine hesitancy in a time where we're supposed to be encouraging employees and the public to get this vaccine. <laughs> and that she was no longer able to report on VARES any of these adverse events unless it was a patient that she physically cared for. Whereas she's, you know, she's trying to do this for the whole staff because nobody right. has time to do it. Um, and and and, and their schedule was wow. a week on, a week off, basically. That's yeah. that's their schedule. So she said her whole week, that's all she did, was she was on the phone with patients and and the Vair's people. And it's extremely time consuming. So, but that was eventually met with a you're creating vaccine hesitancy, and and the same thing is happening to all of these physicians who are trying to speak out and say the same thing. There's a doctor that I just watched a um, interview on, um, Dr. Hoff, and he mm-hmm. was seeing all of these things. Did, did you watch this?
1: I've, I've seen some things from him yet. So he yeah. was
4: seeing the same things, like young healthy people who are having, you know, strokes and and clots and. Um, heart attacks and even just even on the milder spectrum you know decreased activity tolerance and and feeling short of breath all the time and so he started taking it upon himself because we're not doing this which we, which is astounding to me that we're not right because we are part of a clinical trial so this is what we should be looking at this is what we should be studying
1: this is exactly what should be studied right
4: so he started after seeing a pattern um, saying, you know, any of my patients that voluntarily wanted the vaccine, he, before they got it, he would draw a D-dimer, which is a blood test that basically measures clotting, um, your clotting factors. Mm -hmm. And then he would, you know, a couple of weeks after they got the vaccine, he would draw another D-dimer. And what he found was, I believe it was like 68% of his patients had an elevated abnormal D-dimer test. That's concerning. And so he's saying, you know, I sent these people for scans and the scans all ended up negative like CTs and stuff. And so he he was hypothesizing why he thought this was the case. And basically what he ended up saying um, was these clots that are forming because each vaccine has something like 3 trillion spike proteins.
0: Okay,
4: Um, And so all of these little spike proteins are not smooth on the surface like your mm-hmm. blood cells um and so they basically it, it tricks the body into thinking that this is something that we need to to send up platelets to like mm-hmm. a clotting response right. so it's creating all of these really tiny blood clots that may or may not show on a ct scan but what's happening is they end up settling in the capillaries which are You know, you have big blood vessels and you have really small little capillaries. Mm -hmm. And he's saying they end up settling in the capillaries. But the problem with that is once you damage these capillaries, they're done. You know, you just, you no longer have that capillary, the blood vessel. So he's, he was using one patient for an example saying that, you know, he would walk two miles every day and now he can walk about a quarter of that before he feels out of breath. This was one of the ones that had a very elevated D-dimer afterwards, couldn't, um, Locate a clot on the scan. but so he's saying that you know, likely what's happening here is these little clots are damaging all of the small vessels in his lungs. Um, and so eventually that that happens, your your lungs become damaged like this, you end up with pulmonary hypertension, which will eventually um, overwork the heart. And then you end up in heart failure in three to five years. And he was saying these people are likely going to die of heart failure in three to five years. So he's being silenced. He's being censored, and he's not the only one. I mean, even Dr. Robert Malone, have you watched any of his videos?
1: No, him him, I don't know.
4: So he's like the creator of the mRNA technology. Oh, okay, yeah. He is actually speaking out against (laughs) this, saying that this is too premature to be vaccinating healthy people. Um, Sure, give it to the people who are high risk who want it. And that's what I feel is appropriate. If you want this, great. It's here. You know, if you're not worried about adverse effects and and you feel like the risk-benefit If it makes sense to you, then get it. And that's what he's saying. Like, sure, if you're over 65, multiple comorbidities, give it to them. But we can't be forcing this on healthy people because we just don't know enough about it.
2: Well, I do have, I want to comment on two things that you said. So, so that is permanent damage.
4: That's permanent.
2: Permanent. Permanent damage. you never recover from that. Your body does not rebuild that. (laughs) The other part that I wanted to comment on is you said uh, three to five years. Now, we, we had uh, discussed on a previous podcast about an HR company that does hiring for uh, gas and oil companies. Mm-hmm. And their thing was, is it, it's a big thing in the industry now. And they were talking about secession planning. In the gas and oil industry, what they've worked out is they're planning to replace anybody who has been vaccinated within three to five years, which tells me mm-hmm. that these people are going to start failing physically in three to five years. And that's very concerning to me. My concern always has been about the vaccination is in the short term. Yeah, you may not see anything, but what are you going to see years down the line? Is it going to cut my life short 10 years from now? Who knows? Who knows what that's going to be? Because we're not testing this thing. We're throwing it out there. You know, all the early on deaths in the... In the nursing homes, well that was that was Cuomo. He said send all the all the people right. into the nursing homes and it killed all the old people because they were prepared for it. And I, I don't see how how he's not up for mass murder at this point, but um uh they, they found a way to get him out on getting a little handsy with some interns. To give him some kind of punishment, but not punish him for what really happened, which is he mass murdered the elderly in nursing homes, which caused this whole nursing home scare, which my wife couldn't go see her parents for almost a year face to face. And her father died during this, not because of COVID, but because of other issues, age related some chronic conditions and things like that. And unfortunately, she was able to work it out to where he got into hospice and we could go see him before he died. But there's a lot of people out there that didn't get to do that. And, and we heard on the, the clip that we played earlier how people were having to say goodbye to their family members on an iPad. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous to be a political and money thing when it's actually hurting and killing the people around us that we we love and care about. And we talked about last time, you know, people out there stop shunning people who do or do not think like you especially your family members this is ridiculous stop doing that okay this this whole need to be right is irresponsible and you're tearing families apart saying that somebody can't come to thanksgiving because they don't believe like i do knock it off this is ridiculous
1: well it's not just a need to be right it's it's such a strong need that if you and i don't agree 100 then you and i must hate each other but i don't agree with you and i don't hate you i hardly ever agree with you and, and Perfect. i don't i don't hate you i mean i don't always like you but i don't hate you well i think that's pretty but i wish um you know i think that's
2: pretty much my wife's consensus also yeah, but anyway. pretty
1: much you know based on what you were saying i wish i had this clip um i, I saw it about a month ago there was a Doctor, he's a, a family practice, family practitioner, uh, well published immunologist, who was speaking at a school board in Indiana, and he was ranting and raving. Um, now he said that like 80%, I don't remember the exact percentage, but it was a high percentage like that Are going to be dead within three to five years of people who did take the vaccine. And anybody who got the booster would be dead probably within six months. Now, I think he's an extreme case. I think he was being a little hyperbolic. A that. little bit, a little <laughs> bit. But, you know, he made some really good points. I mean, he's also a very well-published immunologist, um, he had, I don't know, like four or five different specialties that he rattled off. And, you know, it's, it's, it's enough that things need to be questioned yet when the answers to those questions cannot be made available because they've been taken away. They've been hidden. Like what Courtney was talking about, you know, this, this data is out there, but once you go looking for it is suddenly gone.
4: And this this um, censorship and this is contradicts the whole culture of medicine. So, open discussion is vital in yeah. in anything, but Absolutely. but medicine especially. And the rejection of these people that are qualified to be speaking on what they're speaking about, who are being censored and yanked off the internet, this should rattle you no matter how you feel about the vaccine.
1: Well, and and Scott and I say it often on this show, that science is all about disproving your theory.
4: We're constantly questioning medicine. Science is ever changing.
1: That's the whole peer review process.
4: It's, and, and, and back to what you were saying about this whole culture of we're not, we can't just agree to disagree. You can't, everyone has to think the same, you know, what they're doing to medical professionals right now is contradictory to everything that we, how we have been taught to practice in medicine. You know, we are told that we advocate for our patients wishes that we, you know, we respect them, even if we don't agree with them, You know, for instance, a Jehovah's Witness that is going to refuse a blood transfusion for themselves or their child, Mm -hmm. that would be life and death. That is not your part to comment on. That is not you. You... You can tell them the risk and the benefit, and you can tell them what could potentially happen, what they're risking, but you can't judge them on their decision and you can't care for them any differently than you would if they were making the decision that you wanted them to make. But we are being denied that same autonomy to make a health choice for ourselves. And nobody's seeing an issue with that. And it's it's astounding to me. And it's, it's not a small number of people who feel the same way that I do. It's a very large number of people who are about to walk away from their careers because we're being denied the same bodily autonomy that we have been taught from the very beginning to give to our patients.
1: That's a a great analogy you made between the Jehovah's Witnesses and what we're doing now. Uh, I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, it's exactly the same thing.
4: A cancer patient who is refusing chemotherapy, that's their choice to make. Exactly. And that's not your part to uh, to oppose your beliefs on. That's their choice.
1: Back to what you were saying with, you know society as a whole, You know, where you have to be in agreement, and you know, this groupthink really is what it's it's coming down to. Uh, It was just proven the other day by, I heard this from Bill Maher, who I hate, I hate it, but I'm starting to agree with him a little bit more than I used to. What he he quoted from the New York Times they did a poll on people that uh, believed. They would have to be ho- hospitalized if they caught COVID. was forty percent, wasn't it? It was forty percent. They thought their chance of being hospitalized was forty percent. So
4: where did they get that number? I'm curious.
1: Just from the mass marketing that's going on out there on how bad this is, the number is actually between one and five percent. Mm-hmm. They thought it was forty percent. Chance that they would be hospitalized if they caught COVID. I'm
4: well, curious because I, I I frequent the CDC website where they give you just raw numbers, right? And I have from the beginning. I don't watch the news. Um, there's a lot of emotional manipulation happening, and if you if you just look for the raw numbers, you can. Mm-hmm. Right in front of your eyes, you can see how serious the situation is or how serious it isn't. So I noticed last week when I logged on to the CDC website, it looked different when you you can break it down state by state, county by county cases, hospitalizations, death. And I do that on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that when I logged on last week, it had on the top a seven day uh, count of cases. And then it had total number of hospitalizations underneath it. So think about that for a second. You have total number of hospitalizations,
0: mm-hmm.
4: and then you have a seven-day count so on the hospitalizations on COVID are all-time correct. So the numbers it was about it was about forty percent, which is what triggered me when you uh. said that. So if you click underneath it to go on to see the page that shows you everything. Then you see all the numbers. Then you see a seven-day count. You see the total number of cases and the total number of hospitalizations and the total number of deaths. And I broke it down by two counties, our county and another county that was close, and it was 0.03 and 0.007 percent.
2: Oh my God. Fatality, fatality. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's out of control.
4: It's out of control.
1: But you know, again, why would I keep clicking if the numbers agree with what I already think and what the media has been feeding me?
4: So if you didn't stop for a second and reread, if you just looked at those numbers, it looks like... Cases, hospitalizations, oh my gosh, that's like half and half. Like it's a 50-50 chance. It was about probably 40%. That's why I was wondering where that where you got that number, because that's what it and it's that is so deceiving. That's that's
2: well, it's not the information, it's how you present the information.
1: Exactly. And if the information being presented to me lines up with what the media has been telling me. So again, what the media's been telling me is what I tend to believe. So if that number already lines up, I'm not going to dig any further. And
4: well, these are the organizations we're supposed to trust. So, like, they, you know, you should people think they can trust the CDC, the FDA. I, I, the CDC recently, just yesterday, I read an article that they came out with about, and this is a whole other conversation, too, but um, masking in schools. So, and I read the article because I have children, and so it it's interesting to me. And so their article was saying that, oh... You know, research shows that there's this great benefit to, you know, masking children helps cut down on the COVID cases. So I went to the actual research article that was referenced that they Mm -hmm. that they um, are using the numbers from in this very like emotionally triggering. They like to word things a certain way so they can, you know, pull on your heartstrings and trigger an emotional response, because when you're emotional, your your logic is gone. You're not thinking logically. You're now thinking emotionally. Those two don't go hand in hand. Think as a kids. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, and then the actual research that they were using, and if you look at the bottom of the research article, it tells you basically there's too many holes in this to be used as a definitive source of information. They handpicked counties. They did the dates from July to September. So a lot of kids didn't even start school right. until late August. And they're using counties and they're not, they're not taking into account the baseline numbers before this, but they're using them. So could they have, you know, cherry picked certain information in counties that were already higher in cases to begin with and then use the ones that were lower in cases. And then the actual end result was 0.05. Well, zero five percent
1: what, what a lot of people don't realize Less. with these studies is there's no way to create a control. <laughs> you know, there's only the variance. There is no control. And there's no way to create that control or baseline or whatever you want to call it. There's no way to create that so that you can measure any significant difference.
4: And and this is the CDC. They know better.
1: Of course they and do. And this
4: is an agency that people feel like they're supposed to be able to trust. And yet they're just cherry picking certain pieces of this this research. And then they're blasting these articles out to the public, making them feel like we should be masking our children. And that's a whole nother conversation we won't get into today. (laughs) But it's just, it's mind boggling to me.
2: Well, let me ask you this. I know you don't work for the CDC, but you do follow the CDC quite, quite closely. Two weeks ago, the number one and number two stepped down from the CDC. Did you see any change in reporting after that happened, because the, the way it seems to me is that somebody, somebody had a, a crisis of conscience.
4: Uh, that's exactly what I thought. I, I don't, I can't comment as far as difference in numbers. I haven't I haven't noticed. I feel like every person should be rattled by this and people should want to know more and want to know why. Because you have an administration that is trying to push these boosters on people. And here you have two of the top what were their positions? They were in the vaccine development
2: part yeah, of the yeah. I mean they, they they were at the head of this. That's that's and so I they're remember.
4: resigning over this. They state differences in opinion regarding the current administration pushing the boosters when we don't feel it's necessary now could they have said we don't feel it's safe no way they would our administration would never let them say that but that should be concerning to people very concerning
2: well let's let's go back to uh the hospitals and doctors and all schools and everything like that pushing pushing the vaccinations now we we've talked extensively about about fauci so for you to get a grant, and that's either school or research or hospital, you got to go through the the organization that Fauci's the head of to get your money. So it becomes a financial thing. And so if you go against the narrative, then you're not going to get your money. Uh, universities, when they get grants, 50 uh, percent goes to goes to the school fifty percent goes to the department. so universities are really uh, financially driven they they ha- they need this money to stay in life uh, stay alive as brick and mortars which I hope these brick and mortars get put to death by online schools because I think it's it's a way to not get indoctrinated but anyway that's my own personal mm-hmm. opinion uh, we need to remember Air Fauci should have been tried for mass murder over AZT. During the AIDS epidemic, Mm -hmm. uh, he took a drug that he backed for cancer, AZT, which was killing the cancer patients and tried it out on AIDS patients and killed a whole demographic over this. And yet the person that did that, we're putting him in charge of this, there's 100% behind it and what did we hear last week (laughs) if you question dr fauci you question science yeah so i mean follow the science it's uh yeah hashtag follow the science well if the science is controlled by money how can you trust it how can you trust what you're hearing from the so-called professionals when their own job is in jeopardy How, how can you trust it at all so you do your own research, but I think people have stopped thinking for themselves. They believe oh, yeah. what's on the on the tube and what the politician... If you believe what a politician tells you, you really need to check yourself
1: because they're oh. born liars. <laughs> well, that New York Times poll that I just quoted, you know, it uh, it, it says it right there. They believe what they're being told, hmm. no matter what the evidence is, even though the evidence is right there that they can find.
4: I think when you combine prolonged fear and isolation, human isolation, isolation from your loved ones, it creates this psychological breakdown. And and I think people will do just about anything to get out of that. I think that's how what's happening here is there's a lot of manipulation. Now, you know, the media is to blame for 99% of this. Oh,
0: absolutely. They're manipulating
4: people. They're triggering emotional responses. And when you are thinking emotionally you're not thinking logically and that's how they've been able to continue this this fear campaign like making people afraid to you know, we ha- we have to get this vaccine it's the only way to go back to i actually had a conversation with someone i won't even say who it is but um Trying to pressure me into getting the vaccine and arguing with me that it was the right thing to do, and I, I don't like to to push my ideas on people. I just want to have the autonomy to make this decision for myself. I
0: mm-hmm.
4: I support your decision, whatever you want to do for you, that's great. Just let me make my own choice. But mind it, it's, your
2: own damn business.
4: Not yes, <laughs> yes. So, and the and so I said, well, why do you feel so strongly about this? Because this was a person who worked in the medical field. You know, they're well aware that most vaccines are studied for five years before they're released Mm -hmm. to the public. And here we are a few months into it. And it's just we're just going to roll it out and see what happens. And 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 her response was, well, if we don't get herd immunity and we don't get everyone vaccinated, then we're never going to get back to normal. And so I stopped her immediately and said, you're being manipulated. They're manipulating you to think this way. You have been emotionally manipulated to make a medical decision because they're making you afraid that your way of life will not go back to normal unless you do what you want them to do. That's manipulation.
2: Well, Dean and I recently had a former friend tell us, and I say former friend because this podcast has caused us to lose a couple of friends here and there. At least that person has their freedoms back. And my response was, "I never lost my freedoms. Mm-mm. You only think you lost mm-hmm. your freedoms." That's what they're trying to sell: is buy back your freedoms through this vaccine. I don't have to buy back my freedoms. Bill of Rights says I have my freedoms.
1: Period. Well, and it's it's being pushed down everywhere, um, down to the lower levels. Where I just uh, read an article in Wisconsin. Sheriff's deputies threatened to prosecute in jail a 16 year old girl over some social media posts where she said she had COVID and she was talking about her time with COVID and she posted a picture of herself in the hospital with an oxygen mask. She was in Florida on a band trip for uh, her high school spring break back. I think it was in March. You know when she got back. She lost her sense of taste, lost her sense of smell, the typical COVID symptoms. And she got back and by the time she got to her doctor and was tested, she was negative. Uh, The doctor, her doctor also agrees. She probably had COVID, pretty sure she did.
4: And she's alive?
1: Oh yeah, (laughs) I I don't know how. How's it possible that (laughs) she's not? Well, the reason, well, they wanna jail her the sheriff's deputies showed up at her door and wanted to throw her in jail for what going for, against the narrative yeah going against the narrative is exactly Wait, what, what this, it was misinformation Wisconsin
4: in the United States
1: yes yes this is not 1930s Germany Um maybe it's 1984 it might be but uh, a judge they they uh, heard her parents took deputy to court or the sheriff's department to court and uh, one based on you know the fact that they were trying to violate her first amendment rights to free speech and free expression this this is just outrageous to me they actually wanted to jail a teenage girl because they thought she was not going along with the narrative that she should well we talked about this before and it's you know
2: the ends justify the means, and whatever it takes to get our desired outcome it's okay that we trample on other people's rights falsify information as long as we get the end goal
1: well we heard it all through the last election you know whatever it takes was the phrase yep whatever it takes well, that was what I was slightly referring back to. but yeah, I know. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's shocking to me. I didn't know that. I mean, I know that's happening in Australia right now. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I didn't realize.
1: We don't know much about what's happening in Australia because they've, they've got pretty much a everything. media blackout.
2: Yeah, they're suppressing everything. And and what people don't realize, the United States is the only co- country that has free speech. Other countries do not. So all these celebrities that say, well, if this person gets elected or that person gets elected, then... And I'm moving to where? where, where are you, where are you going to be able to do what you do here? You know, you, the, the only reason you can talk like you do is because you live in the United States and we have free speech and the second amendment guarantees the first amendment. So you take either one of those away, then you become subjects and well, you will be subjugated.
4: Notice none of them ever actually left Leave, when yeah. Trump.
1: Even, Trump. even though I wish they would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alec Baldwin has been saying that since the year 2000. Him and Rosie
2: O'Donnell, man, they can get their place up in Canada, and I'm perfectly fine with it. I will help them move. Yes. Oh, we're in a truck. We'll get it done.
4: So there was another article that just came out from the NIH, Um NIH,
2: it, which gives out all the grants. But go ahead. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> um,
4: which another thing about Fauci? Now I'm remembering all these things. But please um, do.
2: We'd love to. Pipe so on him.
4: you know he's he's in charge of the NIH. This is this is his. It's his, his baby. It's his baby. So you know that a, there's a couple of doctors that work for the NIH that have patents for the Moderna vaccine.
2: I did not know that. Yeah. Interesting. To do find some that digging.
4: Out. Do some digging on that. So, anyways, this NIH article, um, and it reminded me when we were talking about that conversation I had with the person that was trying to pressure me into getting it. Basically, this is a young girl of childbearing age, right? So, um, one of the the side effects that we're hearing people say that's happening is I know y'all don't know anything about this, but menstrual cycle changes with women is huge, and it's happening a lot. And and they keep you know, and I work in the in the pediatric world where they're and they're telling mothers, pregnant moms to get this vaccine,
0: mm-hmm.
4: which is terrifying to me. You know, so they've been asserting for months, get this vaccine. This has no effect on fertility because there was people and even doctors who were saying we need to make sure this doesn't have any effect on women's fertility before we start pushing this on the mass of, of young children childbearing age women and of course they were silenced and censored so and now we're seeing all these reports of women who are having menstrual cycle changes no periods at all um or just Dude, this is probably TMI. I won't get into all the details, but very, but <laughs> menstrual cycle changes, which, which this is affects your fertility because ovulation and, and menstruation, this is all one big cycle. So mm-hmm. uh, several young women of childbearing age that I know have been pressured into getting the vaccine just last week, the NIH released an article saying that they were going to spend 1.6 million dollars and enlist uh, four big major university hospitals to do research to and I quote investigate the link between the COVID-19 vaccine and menstrual cycle changes.
2: Hold on, 1.6 million dollars? 6 that's million.
4: nothing. That's that's nothing. It's that is get it started. But that's admitting that there is an issue. Right. You wouldn't spend any money
2: but they're not going to fund it to where they would get any accurate results.
4: Probably not. And in the article, well, that's, it says... That's, that's "But that's the it, point. In the article, it says we we're doing it to you know, decrease vaccine hesitancy. But the whole point of this is you've been asserting that there is zero effect whatsoever for months and pressuring young women to do this. And now... It's like, skirt, wait a minute, actually, there may be a link between this. Maybe we should mm-hmm. investigate this, but now it's too late because now you have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of young women who've gotten this vaccine and you know now you're gonna drop 1.6 million to investigate the link between what you've been asserting is untrue for months.
1: Mm-hmm. You know it, it just something just popped in my head uh, while you were talking about that. the fact that, okay, these are mRNA uh, vaccines. Uh, medications, uh, whatever you want to call them. They're not vaccines. They are not. But anyway, anyway, they're mRNA, messenger RNA. And I mean, I I have a pretty good handle on how that works, the scientific basis in it and how it works. And there's, I know there's a big argument um, between whether it actually changes your DNA or not. I'm still kind of on the, the official.
2: Fence. The official word is that it does not. But right. messenger RNA, there's a purpose behind messenger RNA and messenger RNA is to rewrite DNA.
1: Right. It, it, it is. Um, but the what I what I was thinking about is you were talking about the pregnancy and the women and the Even if it doesn't affect uh, the DNA of the host, how do we know it's not going to alter the DNA of a child? We don't. Actually, how do we know it's not going to alter something that's going to show up five years from now? Well, Dr. In Bill one Gates year from wins. Now.
2: Dr. Bill Gates wins at this point because he was trying to... to. Uh, now nah, we'll get into of that. <laughs>
1: <but> population <laughs> control.
2: Population control. Um,
4: right, and he funded millions of dollars towards the manufacturing of this vaccine. So you have somebody who openly speaks about population control that's funding this. Like, shouldn't people be a little... Cautious, I don't know, it made me think twice. The
1: U.S. government funded uh, the creation of the virus, so (laughs) correct, that's correct. correct. And uh, what was the the, Fauci?
2: uh, Yes, Mm -hmm. Fauci. Well, so that was a lot of information, and I'd really like to thank uh Courtney for coming and sharing with us today, and she is an RN and works in a current hospital. So thank you so much for coming in and sharing uh, your experiences because you know, having reporters report this stuff, you, you just never know what you're gonna get.
1: So it's, it's really refreshing to hear somebody who's boots on the ground for this. Absolutely, uh, thank you so much for doing this. I'm gonna have to listen to this podcast like three or four times to digest all the information that you put out there. Um, you were a wonderful guest, thank you so much.
4: Thank you guys for having me. I feel like it's important for people to know what they're not being told.
2: Yeah, it's good to have an expert on because we're just a couple of idiots. <laughs> thanks for making us feel that much dumber.
1: We, we really are a couple of tools.
2: <laughs> well, thank you very much, and um, we hope to have you back soon.
4: Yeah, we'd love yep, that.
2: Thanks. All right. And now it's time for the UFO Report <laughs> So this week, just one thing from the government. A total lack of focus. Lawmakers and a mission to compel Pentagon to take UFOs more seriously. Not UAPs. They said UFOs. (laughs) UFOs. So (laughs) I prefer UFOs. So do I. I don't like like old school thing. Yeah.
1: UAP just didn't roll off the tongue like UFO. Yeah. Not to mention there's all those ufologists.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is there a class for that? A ufologist?
1: (laughs) UFO Academy. Well, anyway, I guess you can assign yourself that title. U-apologist? No, ufologist is better. u Well, ufologist. At, uh, actually, Amherst. Very prestigious university. Mm-hmm. You can uh, create your own degree program in whatever you want. Perfect.
2: There has been a growing number of reports in recent years of Navy pilots and other military personnel of highly advanced craft of Unknown origin, that goes in that other category Uh that we talked about last week. Violating protected airspace, I like to be protected. Some of them maneuvering in ways that seem to defy known aerodynamics.
1: Well, you like to be protected. I don't like to be violated. (laughs) Well,
2: that's another conversational. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Definitely uh, not
1: the UFO. Well, it might be the UFO
2: topic. (laughs) 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 UFOs and probes. Anyway, uh, those who want to know the truth is out there, have a new champion in Congress. And he has an urgent message for the Pentagon. It's time to take UFOs seriously. Arizona Democrat.
1: (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm.
2: And Iraq war veteran, Representative Ruben Galerio. I always screw the names up. This week pushed through legislation.
0: (laughs) Legislation easy easy for you to
2: say. I know in the House requiring permanent office under the Secretary of Defense to oversee the timely and consistent reporting of what the military calls here it is unidentified Uh aerial phenomenon, and it must share what it learns with Congress at least once a year. Uh huh. Well, I admire the gentleman for doing so.
1: This is not the first time this has been said. The Pentagon, Pentagon's been instructed to do is this is not the first time Congress has requested this. Mm-hmm. It's this been happening for years. And the in in what you read there was uh, the Navy videos and so forth coming forward in the last few years. Mm-hmm. These reports have been coming out for decades. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's just now that the government is starting to acknowledge that okay, yeah, we actually did see some stuff.
2: Well, and I do get the we saw some stuff and we don't know what it is and, and that's even fine too. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't care about that, you know, let let the public make make its decision as as to what it is. We need to have an office and I saw Space Force maybe moving into
1: you know, and it's funny because I've seen a couple of commercials now for the Space Force. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen any of these yet. Yes. Um, and it sounds to me like this is some of the stuff they'll be investigating.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, and they should. They should. I mean... Who we else? We can't just think that there's nothing else out there. It's a, it's a big galaxy.
1: It's a big galaxy. It's a big universe. You know, all of it is... To think we are the only intelligent life anywhere is ludicrous. Mm-hmm. You know um, that takes some serious ego, and to think we're the most intelligent life form out there is stupid. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know. Th- well, think about it. The Earth. Okay, humans have been around for roughly a hundred thousand years, give or take. Mm-hmm. Intelligent human much, much less, much less. Uh, There are galaxies that have been around much longer than our entire solar system. Mm -hmm. Our solar system has been around for about 5 billion years. Mm -hmm. The universe is apparently about 13 and a half billion years old. There are There could be civilizations out there that have been around for billions of years. And civilizations that started and destroyed themselves. Yeah. Um, We've been around for thousands of years. They could have been around for billions of years.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that they're doing this. And, And going back to... Uh, Earth thinking that they're the only intelligent life on in the universe, you know that's that's like the guy who thinks he's the smartest guy in the group of friends. If you're the smartest person in your group, you're seeking lower companionship, so you should find some more friends.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I need to find different friends.
2: (laughs) Well, it's funny that he's in Arizona.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they're well, they're known the Phoenix light, Phoenix lights, and. Uh, it's known hotbed for UAPs. Mm-hmm. Not screw it, UFOs.
2: UFOs. Yeah. So this is very interesting. I'm glad that somebody in the government's taking this to task because for so long it's been lumped in with Bigfoot and ghosts. And those two things. Okay. I'm personally Bigfoot and ghosts. I'm. I'm out. I'm out. UFOs all day long.
1: Yeah, I uh, I, I'm with you. You know, for a long time, I thought that absolutely there is other intelligent life out there. Absolutely, it has to be. It has to be. Mm-hmm. I just had trouble with the um fact that you know they've actually visited here. That they found us in a universe. That they found us. You know, however. Um and made it here, but in the last several years, all of the evidence points to the fact that we have definitely been visited, are being visited, probably being studied, mm-hmm. um, like an ant farm.
0: Yeah,
2: or studying our evolution.
1: Very well could be. Yeah, uh,
2: or they're stoner teenage aliens that just want to mess with us.
1: We could be their cartoon.
2: Yeah. they're coming here for entertainment and there was a lot of entertainment to be had. (laughs) Oh,
1: there is, there is.
2: All right. Well, that's all I've got for this show. How about you? I'm done. All right. With that, we'll see you next week. And if you want to get in touch with us, uh, my email address is scott at techtools.net. That's scott at T-E-K-T-O-O-L-Z
1: dot net. And Dean? I am dean at techtools.net. Again, dean at T-E-K-T-O-O-L-Z dot net.
2: And Dean is working feverishly on our website. Yes. Which shall be done as soon as we're finished.
1: Yeah, as soon as I'm done with it, it'll be done. <laughs>
2: and then a couple of other things. A couple of other things. We're uh, trying to get together a donation page. We're trying to navigate the legal ramifications of that. So uh, more to come on that. And if you have somebody you think would like this podcast or dislike this podcast, please recommend us. And please subscribe when you get a chance. Click that follow button. So thanks, folks, for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. And until then, have a great week.
0: Press elevator to hell. Going down.